Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is a new year. It's a new day, a new year. That's right. It's uh, January 2nd, 2018. just want to thank everyone for joining us. Thank you so much for your belief and continued trust in us. Thanks uh, to everyone who has helped us and who are Patreons, who are members of uh, our Patreon network. If you're having trouble uh, entering our forum, uh, Eric the Tech is working on while well, he's sent you emails to the people who have sent emails. Um, he's working on that. But we've got so much to get into today. First hour, first, uh, first two hours, Joe and I are going to be talking amongst ourselves, going to be going over some news headlines. You know, this Obama, uh, <laughs> this Obama, uh, State Department, Obama White House, we're finding out how deep that swamp goes. Uh, Abedin, Huma Abedin forwarded state passwords to Yahoo and also to Clinton, uh, email. And, um, um, before it was hacked by foreign agents, of course. And then her cousin, don't forget, was convicted of fraud in partnership with what they call the, the Russian Donald Trump. So there's that. And then, of course, um, we've got, uh, by the way, if you're in Pennsylvania, you gotta choose if you wanna own a gun or if you wanna, or if you, uh, accept medical marijuana treatments. You know, interestingly enough. Pennsylvania? Yeah. We don't have medical marijuana here. It's what's coming. It's coming. So they're going to make you choose between gun ownership and medical marijuana. But uh, other things, uh, Orrin Hatch, the rhino, is will be announcing his retirement or has announced his retirement. So the first couple of hours are loaded with news and, and uh, the, the war, the deep state war against Donald Trump. And then, of course, ours, or our, in, the, in the third hour, we're going to have Tracy Beans on with us, uh, YouTube sensation. We're going to be talking about Q, QAnon. The excuse me, the war against the uh, uh, or the information drops that that that's been happening there. Of course, we've seen today uh, through today that is blackouts in two different airports, uh, rogue planes, uh, rogue medical boots. What's that all about? Um, but but QAnon is a phenomenon. Joe, uh, happy yeah, new year! By happy the way. new year! Yeah. Now now look. Um, the one thing that QAnon did that kind of impressed me, and I know Jerome Corsi was talking about this as well, was the fact that uh, he was talking. He had uh, posted the the Lord's Prayer on a on a message board. This is long before the Pope changed his. Or said what he said right. about the Lord's Prayer. And, yeah, put, uh, I found that rather interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm not sold on this. Uh, I did some research on this over the weekend. I, I watched a few videos. One specifically on InfoWars, where I think it was Rob Dew interviewed, there you go, Mita. Rob Dew interviewed a few moderators on 8chan or 4chan or wherever this guy posts. And I went through and I heard a lot of the claims and, and obviously many are unsubstantiated. One of the only things, uh, that they kind of posted as proof was that prayer and then how the you know a month later the pope 
wanted to change the Lord's Prayer, and that was out in the news. But I'm not even convinced that was the purpose Hopeful of the journals. prayer being published. Yeah. Now, I'll say this. What this, uh, this QAnon claims, obviously, is something, there are things that we've wanted to see happen for so long. We sure. wanted to see yeah. the you know, deep state uh, be brought down. We've wanted to see the Hillary Clinton criminal cabal, the pedophilia rings, all that be exposed and these people be held accountable. But, and, and you know, everything he says, obviously, if it's true, that would be fantastic. Sealed indictments, uh, you know, sure. Guantanamo Bay being prepared for the elites. But when I see people sending me emails about, you know, George Soros being arrested at Camp David and the Podesta's already being under arrest and Hillary Clinton is under house arrest, that's all garbage. There is no proof whatsoever of these no, things. No, no. Do I hope I, they yeah. happen? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But until, some, I mean, I don't know who this person is making the claims. I don't know if it's a group of people. Some people think it's an AI. No, I don't believe it's an AI. I do believe that uh, there is someone with knowledge of, of the vernacular, with the terms, and, and I believe that yeah, it almost doesn't matter who it is. Okay. No. But the, the thing is, it's interesting to watch the movement. That's the that's where right. I, I look right. at the news. It's not it's not Q. It's not it's not even the information. It's the movement. It's that groundswell that's behind it, and what, that to me is is the, where the real news is at. And I said this earlier, and I'll, I'll say it again. Does this kind of of journalism, if you call it that, making these claims? It's one thing to to say yes, this is speculation. This is stuff we're looking at, but to make these claims, it makes us no better than CNN reporting that you know there's collusion with between Trump and Russia. It's what they hope for, as you said, the hopeful well, yeah, journalism. Yeah. Well, and, and I just I, I noticed in the chat room on YouTube. Then why I have Tracy Beans on? Oh, that was good. Find your friend. Well, we can um, talk to her about this. Uh, well, yeah, uh, well, of course. This is why. Yeah, and you this know, is why. I mean, we could sit here and, and uh, look at the events of today and try to connect them and say this is happening, that's happening. And I saw. I usually don't have the chat up, but I just saw a comment about no proof except she's wearing a Webster boot and long range GPS. You, you so know, she's got a boot on. I well, mean, yeah, but that's, she's in other countries signing books on her book tour. How much of a house arrest can she be on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're limited to the globe. Okay, you're limited to, to the Earth. world. To Earth, yeah. Uh, right. But, but what strikes me as really odd, though, is you had Hillary, and then you had McCain, or McCain, and then Hillary, yeah, that's whatever. That's weird, the McCain, the switch in the boots. That, yeah, there's that's something not. There. There, there's something really weird I think he's there. just demented, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, what else is new? And then isn't there a third that had a boot? Look, look, look. I think we should pay attention to this, but not give this. You know, because we we can get lost in this hopefulness. Oh, great! Oh, this is working. Right. We pay you know attention how, to you, it. You know how fast the swamp works, right? Look, you pay attention to it if if you find it interesting and, and appealing, and you keep track of of the claims that are made. And as Craig Sawyer said on Friday, you look to see. Of all the claims that are made, you have to put them in one of two baskets. Are they verifiably well, three, true actually. or false? Right. Or are they yet to be seen? Yeah. And how long do we wait before we can say, obviously, this isn't true? That's not true. Okay. I, I, okay. And, and that's accurate. Um, uh, from an investigative point of view, and this is just me, I look at this and I think, okay, if, if you're in a position, and I do believe this, I, I believe that 
let's just say there was this moment of reckoning where somebody who knows everything, the backstory about really what's going on in our government. I mean, somebody with Q clearance or the highest clearance, whatever, got on the news and said, okay, this is what's happening. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, okay? I don't think, I really don't think that the, uh, the people of the, of, of the United States could handle it or handle it well. Huh? Trust me? I mean, do you think that? Uh, because look, there's so, there's been so much rot. There's been so much corruption. There's been so mm-hmm. much, uh, hidden from American public. Uh, I, I don't think, I, 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 I really believe that there would be some trouble looming if that did happen. Look, look at the release of the information we have with respect to the emails and, and look at how, look at the divisiveness. I, I really think that there's a check on the information that's coming out. Some of it anyway, or the flow of information because I, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure I know how to even explain this. Do you? Uh, do we really even have to? Um, no, I guess I guess not. it can speak for itself. And you can follow the information. You can, you know, try to verify it and, uh, and document it. But what about the things that are, that are, you're unable to verify? And yeah. we see this, yeah. you know, so often. Um, and how long, you know, do we keep listening to claims that are unsubstantiated? And what really bothers me, and I'll, I know I've said this a lot, but when people, uh, Send me a YouTube video as proof of something. Somebody talking oh, yeah, on a YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, I, I get that all the time. Here, watch this. Proof. Hillary Clinton's in jail. And on YouTube, it's a robot voice. Hillary Clinton has been arrested. Yeah, and, yeah by the way. But there's okay. nothing to substantiate it. Okay. But that's evidence. That's proof in today's, by today's standards. Yeah, gather around people. Okay. We're going to have some rules for 2018. We're going to invoke some, some stuff that we had from years, years ago. Google is not a verb. Don't tell me to Google something, okay? Do not do that. And that, John, you're going to have to, John, the, the, John, our producer and program director is, is in studio. John, we're, we're going to have to inform all the guests. Do not use Google as a verb. Okay. There's going to have to be a, 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 like a jar with a tip jar or some kind. And we'll, all right. Google is not a verb. All right, that's number one. Number two, and anyway, I think it's trivial, but have you noticed the language, the way it's, our language is being changed intentionally. Homosexual marriage. There's no such thing as homosexual marriage, people. It doesn't exist. There's no such, well, and pronouns or, or, or uh, you know, gender pronouns, two. Unless you want to get into the plurals and stuff, but too. <laughs> so what's going on with anyway. the, uh, the Huma Abedin yeah. release right. that we talked about on Friday? There's a Washington Post yeah. article. Trump urges Justice Department to act on Comey, suggests Huma Abedin should face jail time. Look, and this article he, goes to lay out the scenario. And I, also I, I Comey, some video of the things Comey there. said. Yeah, I, I saw I, that. It's on Hagman Report. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, 7.48 this morning, Donald Trump says the deep state um, Department of Justice. And, and I agree with that. Deep State Department of Justice. I think he's correct in saying that. Well, the Deep State yeah. Department of Justice. Throw her ass in jail. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Gosh. that Trump's putting things out like this to the American people 
to let his supporters know that I'm doing what I can. The Department of Justice is deep state, but you guys need to, you know, push for this because I've done all I can. Okay, so so you're, you're Donald Trump or I'm Donald Trump. I'd like to be Donald Trump just because, I, just for okay. a couple of, like a week. I'd probably be in jail, shot, or something. <laughs> I write myself a check, Eric said. Uh, I'll take the money. Yeah, okay. We... This is a plea for money. We could use that. Um, by the way, we've got a lot of, and this is something I should say. We do have a lot of great things planned for 2018, a lot of great uh, expansion. And Eric, the tech has just cost me money at the wazoo with, with the designs. And, hey, if we build that new know. studio he's designed, that will be awesome. It will be. That's right. But, but uh, here's the thing. Okay. If I was Donald Trump, I, I'd have to look at, look at sessions and I'd, I'd think, okay, I'd get him on the phone. I'd say, hey, Sessions. I wouldn't even use his first name. Do your flipping job, or I'm going to go over there, okay, I'm going to rip your liver out right through your mouth, all right? That's what I'm going to do. So do your job. But but see, you can't, how would it look if he fired Sessions? Or some people say that he's playing 3D chess. Donald Trump is. Now, I think to an extent, I think, Joe, I think maybe he could be a lot cagier than people give him credit for. I, that I believe. I believe that Donald Trump is is a, a cagey guy. I'd like. You know what I'd like to do? I'd love to be able to sit in a, like in one of those interrogation rooms and just interview him. No cameras, no no recorders, mm-hmm. and just interview him. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you what. I'll bet you that that man is like cagey. When I say in a good way, a, a business sense and, and a tactical planner, he's got to be. So. But, but think, so if, if Donald Trump fired Jeff Sessions, now I've got some information. I, I got, I got a, I was contacted yesterday by someone inside, inside the Beltway. And, and this is pretty cool because we talked about people, including but not limited to Roger Stone. He's got some inf- interesting information. Joe, they're going to go after, um, Donald Trump 25th Amendment wise. Yeah, that's I'm, a stretch. I'll never right get now. that. I, no, I, it, but see, why are they keeping Tillerson around? Wasn't Tillerson supposed to leave? I don't know. I remember hearing something you. about it, but I don't know for sure. I'm telling you right now, you're going to see, you're going to see an attempt by the deep state, the the deep state holdovers. And now I don't know if if it's going to involve Tillerson or who, who it's going to be. But the, don't forget the cabinet is part of this uh, to t- attempt to take him out via uh, the 25th Amendment. But the bottom line on this, and this is what I believe. Is that the, 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 the target is Donald Trump. The, every day that he remains in office is a day longer. It's a day that, um, it just continues. It, it, it it's worse for the deep state. So, I, I do believe that. But anyway, uh, so I spoke with a contact on New Year's Day. And, uh, the, the war continues. But 2018, I believe, is, is going to be there's going to be a change. I believe that there will be, uh, if necessary, a street fight. When I say a street fight, I'm talking about, you know how the, the war has been between Donald Trump and uh, the deep state? We're seeing it come out in Donald Trump's Twitter statements, in his tweets. That's that's deliberate. That is deliberate. I, I, I This is from information I'm getting from my contact. Now, that's deliberate, and that is to circumvent the the mainstream media, the corporate mass media. He's also giving information directly to 
a couple of people inside the corporate media. Of course, that would be Fox News. I don't think there's any any doubt there. And the third thing he's doing is he is lining up um, his forces, security forces as well. When I say security forces, I don't want to get too far into it, obviously, but for protection. And by the way, people who know what's going on don't talk. Those people who talk usually do not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Think about that. All right. So, but so I just went a whole whole different ways. But you had mentioned earlier about Huma Abedin. Look, yeah. Luke Rosak no did a no great new job. Information, absolutely, and he's on the news. He's all over the place, yeah. uh, giving interviews and whatnot. I have a Washington Post article here that deals with the story, and it's interesting to read. Um, you know what what they say about the matter. They document the Daily Caller report that Huma Abedin forwarded sensitive State Department emails, including passwords to government systems, through her personal Yahoo email account. And then we go back to James Comey. He recommended that. Huma and Clinton not be charged and that they were extremely careless in their handling of the classified information and uh, we saw that back when Comey said the FBI did not find evidence that Clinton's personal domain was hacked and that she uh, was extremely careless with her emails but now we see her aide Huma uh, those emails were released and the president tweeted out this is uh, not uh, new news, though. No, it's not new news. This is all open source stuff that's been around forever, and, and we knew. And here it is. Here it is right here. The email from uh, August 24th, 2009, right here, right here. See this? Yeah. They said they found at least six emails on her uh, out of those at that batch that was classified. So Donald Trump issued a tweet. Crooked Hillary's, Hillary Clinton's top aide, Huma Abedin, has been accused of disregarding basic security protocols. She put classified passwords into the hands of foreign agents. Remember sailors' pictures on submarine? Jail. Deep State Justice Department must finally act. Also on Comey and others. Now, uh, this article on the Washington Post goes on to say that Trump has long suggested that Clinton be prosecuted for her use of the prime, uh, private email server. And while he backed off that sentiment soon after the election, he has renewed calls in recent months and has called for action from his Justice Department. Trump has previously accused Comey of leaking sensitive information after the former director testified that he had asked a friend to pass on notes he had taken in his interactions with Trump. Now, it's not just Trump had previously accused Comey of leaking. Comey admitted to leaking. Anyway, that's well, the kind well, of report see, you get here, Okay, so why did he he admitted to leaking? But why? Why did he? So leak? he could uh, start the special counsel. There it is, and there it is. But did you see the reports today? One was from CNN. I think the it or originated from the New York Times. They were trying to blame George Papadopoulos and a drunken conversation he had in a London bar for the opening of the Russia probe. Instead of the dossier, they're trying to walk back that it was the dossier that it's led to the. Apart, isn't it? It's it seems to be, but even if it does, uh, the media will never admit it. They'll never even cover uh, even bombshell stories that prove that it's all made up and and uh, basically a political attack. Look, and then will the go ahead. deep state DOJ and FBI be held accountable? Maybe no. the worst people might lose their jobs. Here's here's why I think that this is such a dangerous thing that's going on here. 
You break open. You walk back the Russian narrative. I can see him walking it back, but I, I but exposing the criminality behind the Russian narrative would. Here's what would yeah, be it exposed. Would them. It, it would it would involve the corporate media, these rumdums in the corporate media, the Jake Tappers, the uh, the idiots, uh, the Don Lemons, and those people. Okay, that's number one. Number two, what what would happen is it would expose um, the mass surveillance of Donald Trump and his candidate Donald Trump, private citizen Donald Trump, and president-elect Donald Trump. It would implicate members of the deep state intelligence community. It would also overlap into Clinton and the DNC emails and that email leak, not hack. That would involve the murder of Seth Rich. That would also involve the Awan criminal cabal that exists in Washington, that largest spy ring in the history of the United States and the history of this country that's going on or that, that had gone on, uh, from 2009 until 26 or 2017 February. Did they ever find a, where their, uh, unscheduled court date went to? No. Which makes me believe. Now, okay, one of two things. Could have, well, there's actually more, but there's two possibilities here, possibilities here. You could have a Juan, and I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying this is the case. You could have a Juan saying, okay, okay, you know, mm-hmm. you're stepping on my, you know, ouch, it hurts. I'll talk. That would be the best case. And that, you know why I'm thinking that? I'm thinking that because of the a package, uh, the computer, the documents, and everything that was left. Just after midnight, April of last year, April 6th, I believe it was, 2017, left in the, on the second floor of the house, uh, Rayburn House office building, the, the, uh, the computer and the papers. And of course, the composition notebook that said, uh, attorney client privilege. Yeah, that's right. But it was meant to be found by the, um, by the officer, by the Capitol Police officer who made, was making his rounds. That contained, that by the way belonged to Debbie Wasserman Schultz and that was the item of interest in the, in the spat that she had with Capitol Police Chief Verdosa back in, um, during the, uh, 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 committee hearing the meeting that, uh, appropriations meeting. And by the way, if I would have been that police chief and she would have talked to me that way and said there will be consequences, I would have cuffed her right then and there as the chief of the Capitol Police because of to me, that is a, a threat of a law enforcement officer. You do not do that. You don't talk to me that way. I don't care who you are, and I will charge you for um, whatever the appropriate crime would be. And, and I think that there, there's a crime that did happen there. So that's that was me. But so all of this, Seth Rich, a one criminal spy ring, the murder of Seth Rich, uh, the hijacking of the campaign against Bernie Sanders, which th- which I'm glad. I'm glad. Because I, Sanders is a socialist, but Hillary's a communist. We dodged a bullet, folks. Satanist. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, I, I can't even do that with my head, with that thing yeah. that she did. I, I was waiting for that thing to spin around and her to puke pee, uh, pee, pee soup. But anyway, um. So all of this together, one thing leads to another, leads to another. And you know, for all the smoke that has caused Trey Gotti, I don't, I'm with, uh, there was an article by Sundance in the Conservative Treehouse today, I think it was today or yesterday, mentioned this on my morning show. Uh, absolutely a fantastic article. I don't trust Trey Gotti, but I do trust 
look, I trust Nunes, and and I, and I suspect if we had Watergate-style hearings in the on the House side about the Hillary uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, Huma Abedin, Barack Obama, Brennan, Clapper, Comey, the Clap. <laughs> Help me. I, I think that we would see some people that would be uh, charges recommended to the Department of Justice. And Jeff Sessions could say what? Huh? Say what? So anyway, but let's, so, but what you said, and I, I interrupted you, but um, uh, Luke Rosiak, uh, whom afforded sensitive State Department emails, including passwords to government systems. How stupid can you be? Or how how diabolical can you be? to her personal Yahoo email account before every single email account was hacked. Uh, consider that. Judicial Watch. And we, we owe them. My wife, I was, was talking to her today, and she said, uh, which is unusual because I barely see her. Uh, she said, uh, thank God for Judicial Watch. And that's right. Thank God for Judicial Watch for Tom Fitton. And we got to have Tom Fitton or Chris Farrell on. But... Uh, but the fact of the matter is this. They didn't get it via FOIA. And the people in the Department of State, the Trump's Department of State, Tillerson, his people, are still gumming up the works. So don't think this is a free ride. He had a sue to get this information. And Joe, is look, this information came out last year. I think it was, or 2016. But the bottom line, was it 2016? When did this come out? But this goes back to May of 09, and April, March, April, May of 09. When uh, when this happened, but it, uh, this just came up as a result of of the uh, uh, of the legal, uh, not the FOIA request, but the legal action taken by Judicial Watch. And by the way, Renaissance Capital, think about this: Renaissance Capital paid Bill Clinton. They they were the ones that paid him the half a million dollars in Moscow for a speech in 2010 in Moscow that was attended by Russian officials and corporate leaders. A speech received uh, a thank you note from Putin himself. So where's the Russian collusion? Is it with Trump? Yeah, right. Half a million dollars to to Bubba. All right. We are up against our break. We will be right back with more news as we're going to be continuing to hammer out the news through this hour and the next hour. Then we'll be joined by Tracy Beans in hour number three. And we're going to have a, a very interesting discussion and possibly debate when she comes on. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Day of 2018, 90% of the country is freezing their, you know, what's off. We are too, 11 degrees, 27,000 feet of snow. I don't know, but it's enough to really make me, I just, I, ah, uh, okay, Joe's over there going, you know, he's, he's mumbling, stuttered. No, and, and the, the, it's snow hot is, the, studio, but. the snow is unlike anything, uh, 
snowpocalypse. Yeah, and one of the one of the most frustrating things is the roads, but also the snow's so high. When On you the get roads, to an, you're just going like this. Yeah, when you get to an intersection, and there's I'll no... Do it again. Yeah, that's it's like driving over speed bumps. When, when you get to an intersection that has no stop sign or lights, you can't see because the snow banks are so high on the sides of the road that I mean, I, it's, I can't. It's like I, I'm telling you, I can't even see out my the window, the side window on my Bentley. And I've spent literally one to two hours every single day uh, shoveling. And you don't even leave the house or the studio, so you have a tunnel that goes from one place to the other. And I never, I haven't seen you outside since. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I, I have been. I have been. And you just don't see me because I'm stealth. I'm like a puma. They'll never see me coming. (laughs) All right, now. Hey, I want to mention something, folks. Um, uh, This I'm kind of talking out of school. I want to give you a heads up about something. I'm not allowed to say anything until tomorrow. But there's something I'm really excited about. Now, again, and I'm serious about this. I, I was told not to say anything about this until tomorrow. How bad am I going to get in trouble for this? My, well, it's just among us, right? Write this down. Okay, folks, write this down. American history tellers. Okay, write it down. American history tellers. And I can't say more than that, except it's going to be available on, on iTunes or you go to subscribe and listen to American History Tellers on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, but American History Tellers. Okay. Okay. It's going to debut tomorrow. And if you want a great history lesson, and you know I love history, American History Tellers. Now, again, I, I could get in trouble by the ad people, so do not tell them I said this. And I'm being serious about this. Probably going to lose my contract, but uh, American History Tellers. It, it's an amazing... I, I got to sample it, and I got to listen to it. Let me tell you something. It's it's a podcast about history, American history, and the first six... Uh, I think the first six uh, episodes are about the Cold War. What a fantastic product. And what a fantastic... Uh, this is really... It's absolutely incredible. American history tellers. But I can't say anything until tomorrow because it's not online until tomorrow. Okay. Okay, so trust me. Don't don't go there tonight because, again, they'll see a spike and then I'll get in trouble. But anyway, there's nowhere to go because it's not yet on the podcast. Plus, I won't get, we won't get credit for it. We'll just, they'll just say, wow, what happened to the, how come there's a spike? Wait until tomorrow, okay? Wait until tomorrow. American History Tellers. All right. A little teaser there, but it's really good. So, okay, we have Tracy Beans on, and, and Joe and I were talking during the An break. Hour An hour three. Yeah. Uh, we were talking during the break. Boy, the, the, the chat, they want to, yeah. the, that's the way I said it, right? Uh, the, the, the chat, they, they, they want to hang us. Half of them do anyway, because we're, we're picking on Q Some and of them on. really like that, that Q stuff, and they take, what he says is 100% fact, like it's already happened. Well, you know what? I, I want to believe in it, too. Oh, click my you know, slippers, my red slippers. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I mean, I, I do, too. But when you look at it objectively, and now, Dr. Jerome Corsi, now he, he look, Jerome Corsi and even InfoWars and Roger Stone, I, I don't disbelieve. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility to have an insider 
giving these questions, series of questions or clues or what they call breadcrumbs. I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. In fact, in today's environment, it's a brilliant strategy. It really is. My problem is there's no way to really verify. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. The QAnon was right here, was correct here, and he was correct here and correct here. Well, yeah, right. Well, I want to see those examples, and I'll well, tell you. Well, they are. They, they lose that's not, that's not. No, that's uh, that is uh, not proof for me because okay. you can't. I mean, you post the Lord's Prayer. I don't know what the time gap was, and then because you know mo- a month later the Pope says that he he would like to change it uh, or have a more accurate translation. Somehow, him posting that prayer is equivalent to. I mean, it's very vague. This is what the, you know, the California psychics, uh, can do with, with your name and yeah, an internet I, history. I get that. But there's, but it's out of the blue. Okay. Out of the blue, he posted this prayer. Well, why the Lord's Prayer? Why that day? And that's what I look at. And then, of well, course. Well, no, I did find that interesting as I watched the, uh, InfoWars interview. That was one of the things that, um, that I found interesting. But for me, it's not definitive. And, right. And I think if it was definitive, you'd be able to identify the, the source who Q is, though. Possibly, but the claims, you know, the things that really bother me, um, that the, like George Soros is at Camp David, or, and I don't know if he made that claim or not, or the Podestas have been arrested because they haven't, you know, published a tweet in two weeks or three weeks. That is not proof of anything. No, but I do find that, I do find that not proof of house arrest. That's true. Um, these are the things I have problems with. I don't have problem a problem with the narrative, as I said, and it's, I'll say it a million times. We would love nothing more for this to be true, but we're not going to fall into the trap of the disinformation and what the other side of the media is guilty of to the point that we ridicule them and point it out constantly. But what the best part of it is, though? Regardless, the best part, it is getting people to do research. It's yeah. getting people out there to say, wait a minute, what's this all about? What's this and what's that? And it's getting people to pay attention. And kind of like the, the election and the uh, uh, inauguration of Donald Trump and the presidency of Donald Trump. It's the, the movement is greater than the man. And I think that the movement now that behind Q is much greater than than whoever Q might be. There's some speculation as to who that is, and you're right uh, as far as the movement and the mindset. But uh, what are the possible? I-, I had a listener on Friday send me who she believed Q was, and for she had some good good reasons. Who, I'm sorry, who was that? Uh, a listener. Okay, I'm not going to get no. Into okay, that's that. fine. We'll have to look at it off air, but uh, or or during the break. But either way, you're right with the fact that one, it's getting people to research. But at the same time, if you can't come to a conclusion about that research, right? what is it really accomplishing? But we'll talk uh, to Tracy about it. Yeah, again, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, the people who know don't talk. The people who talk don't really know. And the little insinuations that are made are just vague enough, like you said, just vague enough to be, oh, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a hit. And some may say, well, you do that too. I mean, with your sources. Well, you know something? I'm talking to a human being on the other end of the line. All right. I just can't name that human being. And the human being also says, 
Could be wrong, but this is what I'm hearing. So, okay, we go there. But uh, so, so that's that. But I, I do want to uh, the. I really think that uh, the issue, the issues here right now. I think the war against Donald Trump is perhaps one of the most important topics that we could cover. And people are, I know people are tired of hearing this. Uh, I think that what's happening in Iran. You mentioned this during the break. Iran. Yeah, I want to during the break a little bit. Uh, what we're seeing in Iran. If you if you were alive, and if you knew Iran before 1979, before the revolution. You saw a vibrant country under the Shah. Now, I know, okay, now, a westernized country, maybe not a vibrant country, maybe that's wrong to say, but it was modernized, it was westernized. It was not under the oppression of the Islamic theocracy that is uh, the Shiite brand, of course, of Islam, and, and Khomeini, of course, and Rouhani, and it was a different country back then. And then February of 1979, Khomeini comes in, exiled from France, comes in, and, of course, what we saw with the protests, and then, of course, the embassy takeover. Carter was a useless uh, noob um, with, the, uh, with, the, with the hostages, kept for 444 days. And then now, we, now Iran is what it is. So now the protests that are happening in Iran, I think, are extremely uh, important. And then, but watch what Jarrett and Obama and Susan Rice are doing. They're telling Trump to shut up. They're telling him to to keep quiet about Iran, which I find to be absolutely amazing. You have a popular populist uprising. You've got this uprising for freedom. And Obama is on the wrong side of history, as he's always been. That Muslim in chief, that Marxist Muslim, and his brain, known as Valerie Jarrett. And, and Susan Rice, who, in my view, is a criminal anyway. Basically, not wanting to talk about this. So you've got this extremely critical moment in history right now that we're seeing in Iran. And I think people need to take uh, to really pay attention to it. Of course, Huma Abedin fits into this only in a peripheral manner. Uh, Huma, of course, uh, from the, the Sunni brand and Saudi brand of, of uh, Islam. But think, think as well, she was her Hillary's body double under um, Obama. And uh, can you imagine, by the way, what what Hillary would be saying right now with Iran and how she she would be her uh, how she would be involving herself and throwing the weight behind the Iranian government, I believe. It just wouldn't, oh, yeah. it wouldn't be working out. And there's um, some interesting stories, one from the Daily Caller. Bill Crystal gets owned for Iranian flip-flop on MSNBC. Um, this is editor-at-large of the Weekly Standard. Bill Crystal got smacked down for being a hypocrite on Iran during a broadcast on MSNBC. He was told he wasn't respecting the Iranian people. I think the root cause of this is that the Iranian people don't have freedom and they would like freedom, Crystal said. Let's be more respectful of the Iranian people's desire for freedom. Then the uh, co-host of the show uh, jumped on on uh, Bill Crystal saying, uh, you have a, a record of wanting to bomb Iran. With all due respect, you've been arguing to bomb Iran for so long, I don't really know if you are respecting the Iranian people. Then it goes on from there. But it is interesting because you pointed this out also where you have... And this is something that I find just so 
hilarious and amazing, is that the enemy, this is part of what they call the Trump derangement syndrome. The enemies, or the people that hate Donald Trump, are so out of their mind and are wanting to oppose him. Every every sentence he says, every action he takes, every claim he makes, they want to oppose him so much so that they will align themselves with terrorists. They will, you know, stick up for the Islamic state, uh, the leaders of Iran. They will, uh, and just to be in opposition to him, they will uh, go wherever that leads them, and they have no shame about it. So when you see what you just talked about. And others, you know, uh, they will basically stay on the Islamic, uh, government side rather than see the liberation for, for the people of Iran. That's how crazy some of these people are. And we see it constantly. And I was, we were talking during the break, you know, what is the me- mainstream media's kryptonite? It is them being called fake, delegitimized. And there's a great article on Newsbusters. ABC spends I like last the way day. you pointed that out, by the way. Last day of 2017, wailing about Trump's threat to the First Amendment on ABC on Sunday. They spent the final day of 2017 whining about the term fake news and insisting that Donald Trump is a threat to the First Amendment, with no mention of the network's demonstrably fake reporting. This week's guest host, Martha Redetz, complained there was an attack on the media and on the First Amendment that we have not seen before. Then they go on to talk about, uh, Susan Page responded by saying, I'm very concerned as a citizen that a lot of Americans are no longer trusting in the mainstream media to be telling them the truth. Again, no mention of the suspended report. Oh, the humanity. I know. No mention of, of Brian Ross being suspended and barred from covering Trump ever again because of the story he made up, which caused the stock market to drop 350 points, allegedly, as some will argue. But this is their kryptonite, being called fake news, being, ha- and, and you know it gets to them when they're constantly, uh, trying to reinforce the narrative that they are real and legitimate over and over and over again. And not only that, but they equate attacks on their credibility to the First Amendment, which I think is so funny. And I noticed, and we talked about this during the break, when these agencies' legitimacy is questioned, they start to do and say crazy things. And this is exactly what we saw all throughout 2017, and I'm sure it's going to be a continuing uh, thing through 2018. And it's just, it's laughable each and every day. Today's headlines. Morning Joe. Trump nominating too many young white male judges. And on and on and on and on. But anyway, you mentioned the the Iran protest. Wait a second. Don't go too fast past Morning Joe, Lori Klazudis, by the way, Lori, uh, dead intern, uh, Morning Joe. Uh, what? Too many, too many white judges? Nominating too many young white male young judges. white male judges. It's the, the, oh. besides whining about the far less, uh, diverse Trump nominees, they also complained that Trump was deliberately selecting younger judicial candidates as part of some sinister, very deliberate, calculated strategy to have yeah, them serve for a long time. <laughs> that, 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 that yeah, uh, okay. That Those is are their words, too. John, uh, uh, here, Judge, Judge Johnson, Judge Smith, um, a lack of diversity, white male, purebred white. Now, th- this is something that right, right-wing watch, obviously, will we'll just go ballistic over, and it probably has. No, you're you're right. Okay, but no, it's just funny, uh, you know, to see all no 
care about the the nominees he selected, their backgrounds, their records, the things that would be important to make you a, a federal judge. Only their skin color and their age, apparently, uh, are what bothers the crew of Morning Joe. Of course, and Mika, you know, uh, the offspring spawn of Ziganu. But, um, yeah. I, now, I just want to mention tomorrow, January 3rd, uh, pay attention because it, the, um, tomorrow is, uh, let me just bring this up here, uh, is the deadline presented by House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes for the FBI to turn over responsive documents with respect to the, uh, uh, the intel that, uh, uh, that they're, 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 uh, Pursuing, I'm sorry about that little mind blip there, but um, who was the FISA court judge that signed off on the FISA application? What was the underlying evidence presented to the FISA court? All of this needs to be brought to the Senate or the uh, House Intelligence Committee tomorrow in front of De- Devin Nunes. That's the uh, drop dead date in terms of the. Um, and that's when the FBI needs to respond to that. Will they? Don't know. I don't know. Well, the Iranian protest, uh, just back to, back to that real that, quick. Yeah. You have the death toll rises as Iran protests rattle the government. Anti-government protests in Iran have turned increasingly violent. Now they are reporting 12 deaths uh, of demonstrators and one police officer. The protests have been stunning in their ferocity, according to reports. Many cities and... uh are full of people, working class, middle class people, and they have uh, continued to pour out into these streets in a number of Iranian cities in huge numbers. And you have clashes between the government forces and the protesters. Now, I believe uh, Trump mentioned this in a tweet over the New Year holiday, uh, letting Iran know something like we are watching or the world is watching, talking about how the... Uh, government was going to respond to these protesters. Today I saw reports of armed protesters, which adds a new dimension uh, to this if you do have the civilians running around with weapons trying to take over government buildings. But what is the reasons for these protests and what are the possible outcomes? It's being being reported that the price of energy and food uh, continue to increase beyond the reach of many as uh, the leadership in Iran is showing to be more and more corrupt and the citizens feel it as they chant a death to the dictator as they want uh, the leadership removed in order to uh, restore the country both economically and politically with different goals so how will this all play out are we going to see a uh, revolution to the point of civilians taking over uh, and disposing of the government are we going to see a government crackdown that involves human rights abuses and what are not only the U.S., but the surrounding countries in the Middle East? How are they going to react? We know that Iran has a major enemy in Saudi Arabia, which will do everything that they can to undermine the Iranian government, which adds another uh, dimension to these protests. But I think we're going to see a lot more bloodshed before this thing is resolved. And possibly, I mean, it could take a number of months. But, I mean... I, I, I agree with you. I think... We're not getting much new information or, you know, minute-to-minute info, but... Uh, this, to me, is as important a hinge moment in history as the Arab Spring was. Now, the Arab Spring, of course, I would say this. The Arab Spring was 
non-organic, non-spontaneous. It was, it was organized in part by Western intelligence. And I'm saying the Obama intelligence people, people like Klopp or, uh, uh, Brennan in particular, along with the French and British and even the Israelis were involved in the creation of the Arab Spring, the restructuring of the power in the Middle East. And I think what we're seeing here in Iran is not necessarily that, but the absence of the restructuring or the, the propping up of the current regime, given the fact that you've got the lack of, um, uh, you know, look, Obama was at four, how much was that? Four and a half billion dollars in cash. Um, for the Iran? For, yeah, I thought Iran. it was 400 million. For or whatever it was. It was just a, a tremendous amount of pallets of cash that Obama had given to Iran. To, I'm sure some of that money made its way to buy the ammunition that are shooting the, the people who are fighting for freedom and independence, which I think is just horrible. But I think that what we're seeing is the, is the absence of the propping up by the Obama regime of the theocracy that, that, that remained, um, or that was there. And I think that this is part of it. I think that, you know, the, uh, uh, and, and, and again, I'm open for, I'm open for any, any discussion on this, but I do believe that that's part of it. And it's, especially when you see Obama, Rice, and Jarrett in the background saying, to telling, uh, Donald Trump to not to talk about, don't interfere, stay out of it. <laughs> What's that about? It's really something. And I don't know if you've heard this, and I don't know if this can be verified or how true this is, but somebody made the point, or maybe it was just the point they were, they were trying to make about Huma and the, uh, yeah, ability for the classified information to be hacked and, and that intelligence used by other countries. It was something along the lines of because of the uh, leaked server or the access to the Hillary Clinton server, it gave away, or they, Huma was apparently, allegedly uh, part of this conspiracy in order to share information with Iran to get them the money for the terrorist funding Meaning the Obama administration paid that ransom knowing in advance that this was, that's what it was going to come to. And this was all done by, uh, Huma and uh, her, you know, Muslim Brotherhood connections. I read that today. It was, I, I don't so know where Huma's I read it. Muslim Brotherhood connections. Basically they, they made the claim that Huma gave Iran the intelligence to, what would they do? Capture a ship or some sailors? Oh, okay, okay. To get the ransom paid? All right. Well, that's that's very possible, given her background. I don't know how many people really understand what her background is. Um, she's, of course, the daughter of Saleh Mahmoud Abedin. Now, he's a pro-Sharia sociologist, or was, with ties to the Muslim or uh, Muslim Brotherhood and other organizations. Just kind of give me some background on this. A long-time associate of Hillary Clinton, of course, wife, uh, former ex-wife now of Anthony Weiner, the uh, pervert from New York, former congressman, and um, the long-time former employee of the Institute of Muslim Minority Affairs, which would be relevant to what you're talking about, which shares the Muslim Brotherhood's goals of establishing Islamic supremacy and Sharia law worldwide. Of course, that's who Huma is. And she was born in Michigan, actually, Kalamazoo. And then when she was like seven months old, she, their parents and her went over to uh, uh, to uh, Saudi Arabia, and she grew up there. And then, of course, um, uh, they they moved back when she was eighteen. Uh, 
But if you look at what her family has been involved in, I think that that tells more, and even Huma herself. Um, now, you, you've got to kind of, I think it's important to note, one of the most important things to note is that the uh, Muslim Minority Affairs agenda was and remains to even to this day a calculated foreign policy of the Saudi ministry, at least on, on the, now this is how it relates to Huma, uh, the Saudi ministry of religious affairs designed, and this is explained by Andrew McCarthy, by the way, to grow an unassimilated aggressive population of Islamic supremacists who will gradually but dramatically alter the character of the West. I think Huma, specifically in, in the entire Muslim Brotherhood, in this, in this, uh, aspect, in this blush, set their sights and targets on the West as opposed to the Middle East and Iran and elsewhere. But that's just me. And of course, she attended George Washington University at age 18 upon her, uh, arrival from Saudi Arabia. But she began working as an intern, <laughs> right next to Monica Lewinsky, in, in, in Bill Clinton, in the Bill Clinton White House in 1996. So she's been in politics, and then she was assigned the first lady at that time, Hillary Rodham Clinton, where she eventually was hired as an aide, and of course, you know the rest of the story from there. And uh, while still interning at the White House from 97 until 99, this is important, uh, she was an executive board member at George Washington University, ahead of their Muslim Student Association, MSA. Watch those organizations like the MSA in the United States. In fact, she was on the social committee. And then right after Huma left the executive board in 2001, uh, the chaplain, now listen to this, the chaplain and spiritual guide of George Washington University's MSA. Guess who that was, Joe? The Who's spiritual that? guide. You want to know? Mm-hmm. Anwar al-Awlaki. Nice. Okay. <laughs> We're at break. We're at the break. So this will be All a right. good place to stop as we are uh, approaching the top of the hour. When we come back, we're going to be uh, getting into more news uh, and current events. And then in hour three, we're going to be joined by Tracy Bean. So don't go anywhere on this first broadcast of this year, 2018. We're excited to be back. So stay tuned. Second edition of the Hagman Report. We got a whole nother hour of news before we are joined by Tracy Beans, which is going to be a great segment. Don't forget to go to HagmanReport.com, bookmark the site, and check it each and every day for the latest that is there. I know, Dad, you have a video up there, Huma Abedin, Hillary's Week link, yeah, as well as Chalka's New my, Year's message. I just want to tell you, this is my New Year's resolution. I don't make resolutions, by the way. I just act. But uh, one of the things I decided to do, an article, a video, a day, a report a day. Look, um, we're juggling all kinds of stuff. And by the way, Joe, now that 
I always get in trouble because people always email me and say, you know, you interrupt Joe too much. <sighs> Flame away. But um, a couple of things. You're right. Should I just let you go, or should I? Well, I just just on the Hagman on Hagman report real quick. There's a, a few stories that are interesting up there from today, and one of them I should have wrote a little disclaimer in there. I posted it, talked about it on the Daily Show, kind of as a joke. And if you want to get into this this hour, we can from Time Magazine, Time.com. These are the top ten risks to the world in 2018, <laughs> and I'm going to go through the, this list. And uh, oh, well, before you do, let me just give me a two, give me two minutes. Okay. Here's what I want to address to the, the listeners and the viewers out there. Uh, we are in a different world in 2018, much different than we were in 2012, 2013, 2014. A couple of things. Here are our plans, just to share it with our listeners and viewers. You know, the um, the studio we have is sufficient, but we are going to, there's a redesign in progress, will be. Why? Uh, there's a reason for that, and I'm going to tell you the reason for that. Uh, it's not just because, well, we just want a, a new digs. No, no. It's, uh, it, it's going to enhance our capabilities. Think about this. Uh, with guests, with, um, uh, and we are repurposing. We're not, this is not like buying a whole bunch of new stuff. No, 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 no. We are repurposing what we've got. And, uh, we have, other things that we have not used that we're going to be using. So, uh, it's going to help us with the trajectory of the show, the, the upward movement, and also, uh, with the handling of guests, how they come into the show, even to be able to syndicate our show. All right. Think about that for a second. Now, that's, that's, I wanted to kind of push that aside or, or just let you know so that you're not thinking, well, wait a minute, you know, you're, no, you're getting too big for your britches. That's not the case. Uh, we together, Eric the Tech and John and Joe and I have sat down, we looked at things and said, you know, we're not utilizing certain parts as well we should. And that's what we're talking about there. I think I might have led people astray mentally. It's just a, a re, kind of a, a revamp. That's all. Okay. The second thing, well, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So the second thing is, as you said, Hagman report, bookmark that. But also, because of the new world in which we live, YouTube and other, well, the, the, the algorithms are pushing our numbers down. And you can see it. How is it possible that we can look at the backside of our, of our apparatus or all three platforms in which we stream and we can see tens of thousands of viewers of listeners and it comes out with like 1400. How is that even possible? We don't, we don't quite understand that. And these subscribers, are, are you serious? People, I, people, I, I've been getting emails. Why did you unsubscribe me from YouTube? Right. That's been happening for a while. That's a, what's that about? Well, YouTube does that. They, they unsubscribe people from our accounts. And I know it happens uh, to a lot of other accounts out there. Um, a few people I pay attention to on YouTube have, have talked about this. That if, you know, from anything from not receiving the, uh, every time you do a video, you sh- if you're subscribed to a, a channel, you should get an email or an alert or notification. Everything from not receiving those notifications to not being able to find the specific video or, um, episode on YouTube. That's to right. Unsubscribe, unsubscribing. 
Um, so they're making it very difficult. As they uh, apparently that's their job. And what happens, and, and why that's important? It's not the numbers to me. I don't. I don't care. Uh, really, it's not that big of a deal. But what happens is when you've got perspective or people who want to, who say, okay. Um, yeah, I want to help, but are you going to be around in a year? Are you going to be around in two years? Are you going to grow? Are you going to be in still broadcasting in Europe and, and such? Of course we are. The question, perhaps the better question is, will you be able to find us? And so that's why it's so important. I, I ask everybody listening to this, if you, if you really, if you really want to help us out, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our social networking feed, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, and that goes for the Hagman Report in our individual accounts as well. Um, I think that would be because we are fighting a leviathan of uh, censorship. And it's only going to get worse. And the people with the larger footprint out there, that's plus as well, I mentioned the word syndication, right? 2018 is going to be an explosive year. Trust me when I tell you this. It's difficult to talk syndication or difficult to talk growth when people are looking at the numbers and saying, this doesn't make sense. How do you explain this? And we can't explain it except to say they're messing with our numbers. Well, how bad are they? Well, we can show you the back end. We can show you the front end. We can show you the difference. But the bottom line here is it's, that's just a lot of work, and it's a lot of craziness. And, and sometimes that, that scares people. So if you can, it scares potential outlets for our information if you can believe that and it does so we ask kindly that you subscribe that you follow us on on our individual and collective Hagman Report and uh, individual uh, uh, social networking and I'm on Gab by the way none of you guys are right no yeah I'm on Gab Gab at do you use it a lot Doug Hagman I do I do it's uh, very nice people there very nice people yeah so well, I'm not as well as social, social media person, so I don't know. You're not, you're just anti-social. Period. I can't stand Facebook. I can't stand Twitter. But, but it's so kind of, not it's one of those that. necessary mechanisms, I think, though, Joe. And and you and I have boy, we wrestle over this all the time. I smack him like a dad smacks his you know son. I, I'm kidding, but we we wrestle over this. Uh, it's a necessary evil. I think we have to accept the digital environment which we live or the, the virtual environment which we live. Now, that doesn't mean we, we throw all of our effort and all of our time and stuff into this. I don't believe that at all. Well, what gets me is I have the the, the Facebook page just, you know, uh, set it up a long time ago. But as we started doing the show, I, I hated the social networking more and more. And now I have people, you know, sending me messages and, and stuff on Facebook and Twitter all the time that I just never, I don't have time to respond to any of that. I don't even look at it. Yeah, so I don't respond have, to direct messages. If you have sending me any messages on Facebook or Twitter, just send them through the email because I will never. Please. I'll, yeah, there's please. a 99.9% chance I've never seen them. I'm not even sure I know how to do access direct messages. The Jackie showed me once and I, I can't remember. Yeah, well, it's easy. It's easy. Let's, uh, let's get back into the news. I want to hit this report. And show you this. I posted this on Hagman Report right. earlier today. This is good. Just good. to show you the absurdity of some of the mainstream reporting out there. This from Time.com. The ten risks to the world in 2018, and none of them really make sense. And number one, China rising. They go on to talk about how 
China is redefining itself as the sphere of globalism, both economically and politically, and the U.S.-China conflict, particularly on trade, will be more likely in 2018. But that's the number one threat, according to Time 2. Now, you got to follow me here, or pull up the article and read, because it gets a little confusing for me to try to verbally articulate what they have in this report. Number two, the two, number two, of the top ten risks to the world in 2018. You ready? Room for accidents. This is Time Magazine. Is that like a living room, dining room, and then the room for accidents? Or that... <laughs> no, but yes. Oh, okay. It goes on to say that uh, the likely risks of accidents comes from competition and conflict in cyberspace over North Korea in the growing U.S.-Russia ten- tensions. But that's all it says. Three, the tech cold war. Wait, I, th- I think I think I can answer that. I know what they're Whoops, saying. Whoops, I hit the button. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, I leaned on the red you know that, button. The desk that, that Kim Jong-un has on his desk, you know, the you his first coffee and oops. Yeah. yeah, whoops, I just launched world. I just launched a whole bunch of missiles. What I think they're saying is yeah. that that's a, a swipe at Trump uh, without actually mentioning him. But, but see, it, now pay attention to that because, again, you're looking at the 25th Amendment diminished capacity allegations against Donald Trump. It's subliminal. It's hinting at this. Right. That's where they're going with this. Well, see, because it makes no sense otherwise. They would say Donald Trump for number two instead of having their number two excuse for the threats of the world in 2018 being room for accidents. Just when I read it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Three, the tech Cold War. They're saying uh, competing uh, businesses over technologies like AI um, are, are going to cause some some problems, some global battles. Four, Mexico's moment. What does that mean? 2018 will be a defining year for Mexico as NAFTA renegotiations begin. Well, I, I get I get that. And there's NAFTA, a pre- presidential election in July uh, with with Donald Trump saying no unfair trade agreement plus the wall. I think. Yeah. All right. Five, U.S.-Iranian tensions. That is probably the only legitimate one on there. Six, institutions eroding. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> governments, okay. political parties, the media, courts, financial institutions are losing public credibility with their legitim- as their uh, legitimacy depends Erodes, on yeah. populism yeah. and the election of Donald Trump that creates a toxic anti-establishment environment in developing countries as well. The toxic environment has been created and nurtured by the socialists, the cultural Marxists exactly. in this country. Exactly. And then the reaction to that is the mistrust and lack of faith in so many of these institutions because of their corruption. That's the reaction to it. And they act like it's some big threat. They're the real threat uh, in that regard. Number seven, the new protectionism. Again, we're going over Time Magazine's top ten threats to the world in 2018. The rise of anti-establishment movements in developed markets has forced policymakers to shift towards a more zero-sum approach to global economic competition. Protectionism 2.0 creates barriers in the digital economy and innovation-intense industries, not just manufacturing. Anyway, they go on to talk about tariffs. and Again, it doesn't make sense. Number eight, British brawls. Basically, that's the fight between Brexit and the EU and where that will land Theresa May. Number nine, identity politics in Southern Asia. Again, this is the Times top ten list, top ten threats for the world in 2018. What the heck was that? Identity politics in Southern Asia. Well, I don't know why I think Barry Satoro, but okay. I'm not even going to read that one. And number ten, Africa's security. 
Mm-hmm. So I would argue that none of the real threats to the globe are on there. And a two-year-old, or the equivalent mentally of a two-year-old, wrote this list. But this is the degree, this is the integrity, this is the media. And if they, if this is the best that Time Magazine can do for their top ten risks to the world in 2018 then Time Magazine is no better than toilet paper because none of that really even made sense, let alone our real threats, tangible threats to Americans, let alone citizens of the world in 2018. I mean, I would cite, uh, you know, there's so many more things that that you have to worry about than um, what they listed, and some of the things they listed aren't even threats, just their own personal drivel and feelings of how they screwed things up so bad that they've ruined it for everybody else. So exactly, just a very fun, and I didn't give the disclaimer when I posted that. So anybody who read that article on Hagman Report, don't think that that was an endorsement from us. No, but, no, yeah, and, and yeah, okay. Wow, I just thought wow. that was a fascinating. Is that right? Yes, it was. Yeah, I keep getting pulled back into justice for Hillary and justice for Huma, justice for Obama, justice for all of these these deep state people. Let me ask a question out there to, to the listeners and viewers. And please feel... Sorry. Wow. If you could have heard that in my my head, I feel like Lawrence O'Donnell. I got craziness in my ear. Um, uh, no, uh, seriously, uh, to the... Um, to the listeners and viewers, what topics do you think that this is an important topic? The Hillary Clinton crimes, the crimes of the Clintons. Uh, do you think the, the crimes of uh, Huma Abedin, the crimes of Obama, the Obama birth certificate, Carl Gallops and Mike Ziller are, are going to come on. John, I, uh, I communicate with uh, Carl, Mike Zillow. We have to get them on because they've got more news to break about the identity or the, when I say identity, that's, I guess, the allegiance and identity of Barack Obama. And I think that's still, I think that's still important. It is but, important. But, but send an email to Hagman or studio at Hagman and Hagman.com, please, to tell us what you think about these issues and more. Oh, of course. Uh, we want feedback. We want feedback. And I think the feedbacks, 99% of and more are going to say, yes, they're important. Yes. I absolutely cover them. But at what, at what point, um, do we cover them to, I mean, we can explain, you know, each scandal, what well, happened, let me who quote, was involved, what crimes Q. were broken. Two equals four equals eight. Equals, when, when are know. we gonna, you know, uh, at what point does that cover, rehashing her crimes get old when we see no, no, no actions look, taken in Look, the, for the first time, as a matter of fact, just now, for the first time, investigators say that they've secured written evidence that the FBI believed that there was evidence that some laws were broken when the former Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, uh, and her top aides transmitted classified information through her insecure private email server. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, what does, what does this mean? It means now they've finally got off their duffs and acted like true investigators and said, wait a minute, oh, we found, we found hard copy evidence now. Yeah, yeah okay. here it is. Well, here it is. What, what's the next steps? If that's, if that evidence is there, it's verified. What are the, what are okay. the steps will be taken? First of all, let, let's, let's identify what the information is. And you can go on the hill, uh, dot com to, to read this, but they're turning into a rag. Uh, I look, I know. Have you noticed, like, some of these so-called conservative websites? You can—they're not just, conservative at all. No, anymore. no, I know, I know. But uh, anyway, the evidence includes passages, references, uh, 
in FBI documents stating that the sheer volume of classified information that flowed through uh, Clinton's insecure emails was proof of criminality. Now think about that. Just put a period right there. The sheer volume was proof of criminality, as well as an admission of false statements by one key witness in the case. Okay, so okay. I see what so you're ripping here. Now, now see, okay, because... They've covered new irregularities and contradictions right. inside the FBI probe of the Clinton. Right. For the first time, they secured written evidence. And, but, okay, so, but in, in here's kind of like the paraphrase Q, you know, one equals two equals four equals six. I, what I believe what he meant or it meant or Q meant or, you know, the, the reference there is the more we cover this, and I struggle with this too on my morning show, and I don't know if you and John do as well. At what point? It's right. At what point is, is are you talking to yourself, or are you? But here's the thing: I think that people are waking up, and the more we push this, and the the, the more persistent we are on this, I think the more good is is a result. Because right now, by the way, the name, the witness, the name was redacted from FBI documents, but the but the lawmakers said that he was an employee of a computer firm that helped maintain her personal server after she left office as America's top diplomat. And by the way, Paul Combetta, Paul Combetta, the hidden smoking gun of the Hillary emails, Paul Combetta, remember that name. Um, just remember that name. Paul Combetta, you're going to be hearing about that. But uh, anyway, so and also Dato as well as Platte River Networks. So and and the and the architecture of the uh, of the um, criminality here. But as I said before, uh, the House Judiciary Committee there was a December 21st closed door briefing by FBI Director McCabe. Remember that? Well. Bureau officials confirmed, FBI bureau officials confirmed that the investigation and changing decision or uh, charging decisions, decisions not to charge were, co- were controlled by a very small group of people within the FBI. We know that deep staters within the DC, within the Hoover building as opposed yeah. to anywhere else. They say that they have evidence the FBI took actions while writing the exoneration statement that required Justice Department input such as immunizing witnesses in June of 2016. And it goes on to say that they have the evidence that shows they were exonerating her or taking those steps to exonerate her before subpoenas were answered, before interviews were conducted, and before evidence was uh, gone over in the case, meaning they were already clearing Hillary Clinton before the evidence was even considered. And... Yep. That this has something to do with with McCabe's testimony behind closed doors, and it'll be interesting to see. We've seen these kind of bombshells before. We've seen just the fact that Comey, and this is let's think about this for a second with the with the Q and the and the arrest pending arrest of Hillary Clinton and the Clinton cabal. They had an opportunity to. I mean, they had if the elite were going to serve up a, a sacrificial lamb to quiet the public's need for justice down. They could have served up Hillary Clinton on a silver platter through the handling of the email. Is it possible that they still might? Because what good is she to anyone? Well, well, she knows where the bodies are buried. So, So, yeah, maybe. Maybe you take Huma instead. But would just the Hillary Clinton arrest 
You don't think Huma it, knows where the bodies are buried? Maybe. But if uh, Hillary I mean, Clinton is arrested and that's all that happens, is that going to satisfy the people out there for, um, you know, destroying the deep state and, and draining the swamp? Absolutely no, no, not. No. Hillary Clinton is basically irrelevant at this point in our government. No, no. The tentacles of power are still there. But her irrelevance does not make it okay for what she did. No, and she should be arrested. But I guess I'm saying is, will they make it, you know, one person being held accountable for this? Maybe it's Hillary. Maybe it's an aide or a lawyer of hers. Do you think that's going to be enough to, uh, for the, the, you know, look, we're, we're draining the swamp. I don't believe that. It's going to take. It's going I think to take it's going to be like more. chum in the water. Joe uh, Jaws was on over the weekend. How many people watched Jaws this weekend? Right. I mean, it was on like twenty six times. Um, I don't even know what channel it was, and I, I believe it or not, I haven't seen it since what seventy five, seventy six. So I figured, okay, and it brought back memories. But it's like chum in the water. You you get you you take down an aide, you take down Hillary or Huma Abedin. I guarantee you. People are going to be clamoring for for the head of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but you know, to me, and they, as well they should, and she should be held accountable. But that's not even scratching the surface as to where the problems in our government are. Doesn't need to be done. But what needs to be done yesterday? But it, it, it's a start. It is a start. But it only, I, I guess, if you had uh, a crack in the foundation of your house, and, and instead you're you're replacing a, a front door. Or, or a piece of siding uh, to cover that up or whatever, that crack. And that crack's still there, uh, and you don't fix that crack. That little piece of siding may cover it up for you know, a week, a month, but it's still going to come crumbling down. Is Do you think that an arrest like Hillary Clinton's or Huma Abedin's would, would lead to the self-destruction swamp draining? I don't think so. No, I think but, but, but I think it's a, I think it's a, it's an improper analogy. I think we have a whole bunch of cracks in, in, throughout the foundation, and we have to fix fix them one at a time. And I think we have to triage the the, the situation and uh, go after the worst cracks first. Boy, that sounded bad, didn't it? <laughs> no, no, it didn't. One of the interesting things that came out of the the Huma Abedin emails also was I I don't have the information in front of me, but wasn't there a line in there that they, when they were dealing with the WikiLeaks stuff, they made a statement that somebody stole the information off the computer rather than it was hacked. Oh, uh, it, it's a, it was a physical. It was proven to be a physical impossibility. You're talking about the DNC hacks now. Yeah, they right. said something like uh, uh, some intelligence agent stole you know the emails and they'll be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. They said stolen. They didn't say hacked. They, they well, okay. Uh, we're, I think we're talking about. Two different things. I'll look to see if I can okay. find what I'm talking about. Uh, the, the DNC breach was a result of a transfer of data to a, a hard drive, external hard drive, such as a external hard drive or a thumb drive, that happened in Washington, D.C., based on the timestamp and also based on the, the speed of transfer. We know that. It was not a hack, so we know that. That's number one. Number two, that could be attributed to either... Think about this now. Either Seth Rich or someone around the IT staff within the DNC, as well as the Hillary campaign. They were virtually one and the same. Which, of course, then that blows out of the water the possibility or the Russian narrative that the computers were hacked. And don't forget CrowdStrike, the firm that took over the IT security subsequent to the hack, 
would not allow the FBI to look at the servers. And if you look at the the people involved in the background of the crowd strike that particular data firm, you can see Clinton connections all day long. So to answer your question, this was not a, a hack, but it was a, a leak from the DNC. Okay, and that's the Russian narrative. Which, by the way, if you go back further, okay, now you're talking about deletion of Clinton emails, wiping out of Clinton emails. This goes back in March to March of 2015. This is a criminal act. This is the spoilation of evidence and the deletion of evidence, of course. But to understand the 2015 deletions, you've got to start. Go, you gotta go way back, back further in time to, uh, June of 2013 as Clinton ended her tenure as Secretary of State. And I think this is extremely important. Uh, she, now again, she hired the Platte River Networks computer company to manage her private email server back in 2013. This was, to say the least, a puzzling hire. Why? Well, because, uh, Platte River Networks is based in Denver. She's living in Chappaqua and uh, far away from home. And the company was so small that their office was actually an apartment built, uh, an apartment inside an apartment building. And, and no security system. It was, tell me why, tell me why Platte River Networks was, uh, uh, was secured. So, and then you, then you, then you think, okay, Platte River Networks assigned who? Paul Combetta, uh, and Bill Thornton to handle the server. Now, I can go from there, which relates to what you said, but that gives you some background, and I think that's important. And uh, then, of course, you've got Datto services as well, and you've got a whole bunch of other things, a bunch of other events. But uh, if you go fast forward to the uh, middle of 2014, the Hospital Gazi Committee formed to investigate the U.S. government's actions surrounding the 2012 Benghazi attack finds, hey, where you, she's using a private server, as if they didn't know. So we're that, that goes back to Trey Gotti, by the way. We're up against the break. We're going to continue to talk about this on the other side. Also, six things that offended college students in 2017 and some other news before we're joined by Tracy Beans. Don't go anywhere. First broadcast of 2018 on the Hagman Report. We got a lot of stuff we're going to get into in this half hour. How many people saw the huge, what was it, 75 car pile up in Buffalo, New York that extended over one mile uh, as one person died in a series of crashing crashes involving 75 vehicles on I-90? That's a There's real a blizzard warning now for Bluff, Bu- Buffalo. <laughs> Good. I hope they get it instead of us. Oh, no, stop that. Because they, I said they, instead of us. They've had it rough uh, over the past couple of years. Yeah, they got that 90-inch oh. blizzard, which it was like, what, almost 25 more inches than we got uh, a few years ago, leaving a whole bunch of cars stranded on the highway. I remember we just, we uh, one time we were working in Buffalo in the investigative capacity. I mean, we were minutes ahead mm-hmm. of the storm that was coming off the lake, and it was, I'll tell you, we just made it out. Yeah, oh. I remember that. But, yeah, it, and there, there was another headline on Dredge, over 90% of the country yeah, fails to make it above freezing, which is uh, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, pretty, pretty cold here. It's yeah, minus you know, 10, 20-degree window. No, okay. Um, by the way, Stan is sick. I, I want everyone really to, to please keep standing in your prayers. He's, he's ill with the flu. and uh, Stan? 
Yeah, because Tuesday, this is Tuesday, remember, right? Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is why he's not on tonight. He just got a flu shot a few weeks ago, I thought. And there it is, right? I'm not making I'm fun of I'm just saying, him. no, 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 I'm not either. But please keep in your prayers, because he's pretty sick. I saw a report on the flu shots over the Christmas weekend where they were reporting, I think it was on our local news or the Weather Channel, that the flu vaccines that they have are only anywhere from 7 to 10% effective with this year's flu season, but they were urging everybody to take the shots anyway. And I just thought that was... Wait, they, they work on commission. Seriously. <laughs> I know. They're giving them out on street corners and drugstores and deli lines at the grocery store. Get your flu shot. Yeah. Yeah, sign me up for that deal. So uh, I see on Drudge here um, what we already went over. Report irregularities found in FBI handling of Clinton emails, evidence that laws were broken, false statements were made. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that goes back this, to Hill. And, and, and can I talk about that tomorrow yeah. during my, no, not tonight, but tomorrow during my show? Nope. Um, who listens to my show? Anybody? Uh, In the studio, show of hands? I don't care. Well, don't lie, John. Come on. Not you guys. <laughs> no, and, and maybe in the chat. Um, in the chat. Should I talk about that tomorrow? Well, you should read your emails because you get a lot of feedback. Uh, I do read. I, I, in fact, I responded to a whole bunch today. Well, you got a lot more in there. The Watergate show request. Yeah, the Hagman radio program. Yeah, Watergate I know. I, know. I, I, I responded to a lot of those. Oh, I know. Um, but no, I, I yeah, I'm going to do a show on Watergate because I don't think people really understand what Watergate was all about. It was not about. I mean, this was. A multi-dimensional CIA operation, and you talk about a silent coup or a coup against the president. Boy, that was it. Um, that's not to su- suggest that Nixon had clean hands by any stretch of the imagination, but you talk about a, a way to remove a president in such a manner, and then the, you know what that was all about as it extended back even um, to Kennedy. I'll leave it at that. But, but um, yeah, I, you know, I just uh, I just like to hear from people who. Uh, you know, they're talking about the the emails, the the, the lawlessness. By uh, how many people really know? And about the Awans too. Uh, why aren't people? Why aren't more people talking about the Awan criminal cabal? This is not, by the way, the Awan brothers. As I mentioned in my morning show, previous shows, this is not about one instance or two instances of mortgage fraud. I mean, that's what the indictment was for against Imran Awan and Hina Alvi. And this was not about two people. This is about a, a group of six related Pakistani nationals and some friends and associates. And this is about the biggest theft of data. Uh, we're talking terabytes of data to be transferred to a foreign country. And this is about um, CIA proprietary operations, including... And curiously, Cars International, a CIA in uh, Virginia, and this is about uh, the uh, theft of devices. Now, George Webb has talked about this. Yes, I know, I know. People, people act like I, I live in a bubble. Look, I know we've had him on as as a guest. Um, uh, Jerome Corsi's talked about this. Yes, we've had him on as a guest to talk about this. We've had uh, look so. Um, that's not to say don't 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 give us feedback, but this is huge, and Seth Rich is involved. The murder of Seth Rich, 
But no one's talking about this uh, to, to the extent, when I'm saying no one, I'm talking about no one with a uh, very few people. Uh, let me be more accurate. We're talking about the importance of this. Now, you are going to get into six six triggers, apparently, right? Six things that offended college students in 2017. Um, but first, I want to hit this out of California. I don't know how many people saw this. California hit with Sanctuary State Highway Sign Prank. <laughs> I saw that. So, uh, pranksters in California with That's a, a knack, pretty expensive prank, by the way. With a knack for making highway signs, welcomed in the new year with an invitation to felons, illegals, and members of the MS-13 gang. And it's, you guys gotta do a search on, uh, California Sanctuary State sign. It reads, felons, illegals, and MS-13 welcome. Democrats needs, need the votes. And it's really funny because it's under the signs that say welcome to California and it looks just like a, a sign that you would see, you know, uh, traveling from state to state, you know, welcome to Pennsylvania, governor, blah, blah, blah. But it's right underneath the sign. And it's, it's so it's, funny. It is. It, it's exquisitely done. And of course, uh, the idiots, uh, um, what's his name? Basarito said, oh, how, how hateful that is. How yeah. true it is. How, yeah. That's what, that's another thing, uh, in the comment section. Somebody points out and says, um, where is it? Cause this is really funny. It, it says, uh, oh yeah, this is fighting back. How? By being uh, juvenile. And another person says, since when is telling the truth, uh, being juvenile when it's a, a truth the liberals don't like? And Governor Jerry Brown in October said of the new laws, which kicked in yesterday, which is why the sign, uh, is relevant today. He says that these new laws were needed to bring a measure of comfort. The bill strikes a balance that will protect public safety while bringing a measure of comfort to those families who are now living in fear every day. This was Senate Bill 54 that was passed on October 5th, which turns California into a sanctuary state. So, And I don't know how many people saw uh, Governor Cuomo of New York and Governor Brown of California issuing pardons to illegal aliens who were convicted of crimes in defiance of Trump's. You heard that right. The governors of New York and of California have, in the last few weeks, each written pardons for criminal, illegal aliens. Their crime was not only being here illegally. They broke the law while here illegally. And in defiance of Trump, Cuomo and Brown are writing pardons to illegal aliens to keep them from being deported, illegal criminal aliens to keep them from being deported. And it's just, you know. You know, I, I think back, uh, I, I believe the pardon, the issue of pardons, clemency, as it falls under pardons, uh, should not be taken lightly. And I think to use it as a weapon, like the uh, progressives have used everything as a weapon, I think it's sinful. I think it's it's uh, it's diabolical. Right, it should you know. only be used for... for um, Mark Rich comes to mind, by the way. For when people are innocent or uh, they were deprived of due process or of true justice. Or, or a, a truly, a, a, you know, a, they shouldn't be a situation sold. where it doesn't. Not, right. You know. They shouldn't be politicized and they should not, you know, basically be sold like in the case of, of Mark Rich. Right. Exactly. Um, let's move on here. This piece from Campus Reform. I, I just found this little humorous. Six things that offended college students in 2017. Every year, college students from around the country find new absurd ways to be offended, leading to justifiable confusion and campus-themed stories with headlines that seem like they're from The Onion. What did the 
campus reform find in 2017 that were some of the most disturbing things that students found offensive? One, 9-11. Conservative students all over the country often erect memorial displays on September 11th to remember the lives that were lost that tragic day. At Southern Methodist University, for instance, the administration moved a 9-11 memorial to a lightly trafficked area of the campus because its contents might be considered triggering, harmful, or harassing. Also, Columbia so, University. Wait a minute, they, fin- they forgot to finish that statement. To Muslim students, right? <laughs> Probably. Right. And even in Columbia University, uh, they removed 50 flags from the 9-11 memorial and threw them in the trash. Number two, oh. the Constitution. Controversy, ab- controversy abounded this year at Kellogg Community College after campus officials arrested three conservative students who were passing out pocket copies of the Constitution. Administrators told the activists that asking students if they liked freedom and liberty was disruptive because passerby, passerbys did not know they can say, see you later. Anyway, yeah. three, the police, that's self-explanatory. One example they cite here is that Brooklyn College students ask the NYPD officers to use bathrooms on the far end of their campus in order to avoid being seen by students after students complained of NYPD surveilling Muslim students in their dorms just because they were using the bathroom. Four, monuments. We've seen the Confederate monument craze of 2017. What's they do in socialist countries and Marxist countries? And, and the latest example of that was in Tennessee where the there was a vote that banned the mayor of this town from taking down a Confederate statue. So what did he do? He sold the park for like a dollar or a hundred dollars to some organization, and then they turned around and took down the uh, statues. But in Tennessee, they took it down because they said the statues cause psychological harm to minority students. You know, it's amazing. We've had statues like that erected all across the country for how many years? Yeah, forever. And, and, And now this is some massive triggering event. Did it just happen this way? No. And how many people really can see through what's going on here? This is... <laughs> I hope a lot more than say. Again. Oh, my word. This is not about the statues. It's never about the statues. It's about the cultural Marxist changes that need to be... History needs to be revised in order for cultural Marxism to prevail. That's yeah. all this is about. This next one's my favorite. Number five, non-inclusive language. 2017 also saw a trend of universities issuing what are commonly dubbed inclusive language guidelines. That helps students and staff avoid words that might be offensive to some. One like in the University of Wisconsin, absolutely. River Falls, where officials crack down on potentially offensive languages, a language by telling students to uh, check yourself before using such terms as him, her, Ugly, illegal alien, or even you guys. Okay, now, do we have a phone number and a name for the person that drafted that one up? I'm sure we can find it. Okay, because I want to have a talk with that person. Seriously. Okay, don't, yeah. you talk about, you know, homosexual you talk about science deniers. is now um, offensive. It's okay. A, homosexual is an offensive reference to gays or lesbian people. And, yeah, you guys, him or her. That falls under the the gender aspect of this, but who cares what what language guidelines they write? This is what the beauty of the First Amendment in this country is. As long as we have it, and don't and let any professor or university, uh, police officer, anybody else 
tell you you can't say that or uh, did you guys see the the video oh wait you said you guys yes i did he she you guys homosexual have you homosexual hey have you almost uh, yeah have you homosexual seen this there was a video of a, a police okay there was a police training course and it was being given by a a woman detective who looked kind of butchy. She was a lesbian. Wait a second. Wait and a second. How, how many how many uh, PC laws did he just break? I don't care. And they uh, there there's this video of they're in this training course over LGBT and trans dealings of those people with law enforcement. And one of the officers in the training uh, seminar asked the question. You know, I've never says something like I've never uh, ran into these problems, or nobody I know has ever ran into these problems. Does being transgendered uh, cause you to run into these kind of problems more often? Because I've never heard of this before. And another cop in that meeting, a supervisor, says, "Well, it's because of your white privilege." And then there was this big blow up. And long story short, the the lady who said that ended up getting suspended. You know, but this is the yeah, and then we have the video of the mayor that never my blood pressure medication, right? Mark Dice uh, did a, a good piece on on the mayor of this town. Um she was arguing inside of one of her uh meetings and w- with a with a, a fellow coworker and she was crying and shaking in rage because this lady didn't believe in white privilege. Uh, and I know that that was went viral on the internet. But these are the examples of, of the inclusive language. I mean, people get so angry and triggered and frustrated that they, they shake and they, they can't even articulate why it is they're mad. They just know that they're mad because the media tells them they should be in these situations. And it's really annoying and frustrating to have to deal with these mental midgets on topics like this. And the last one on this list is Christmas. Students find new ways every year to be offended by Christmas. But this year, the a- academic department at the University of Minnesota declared that even bows and gift uh, wrapping paper are not appropriate for gathering displays. Instead, the, they were told to consider neutral-themed parties, such as winter celebration, suggesting that the color combinations are not associated with Christmas or Hanukkah should be used as to not offend people who don't like Christmas. And that is 2017's college, uh, campus reforms list that offended college students just a whole waste of a segment there you know well yeah but but not really because i I think it's important for people to understand for example you know the war on christmas people say well there's no war on christmas yeah yeah there is but look yeah they say there's no war on christmas and then turn around and do a, a a segment like cnn did on uh santa and his and his gay african american husband and then they they do things like say don't say merry christmas say happy holidays and you know how is christmas offensive to all of these other uh, minorities? i mean it's it's constant it's constant they've taken the god out of everything including christmas they uh, we don't have to continue down my rantings but um yeah it, it's unbelievable they ruin everything i said this before the liberals the liberal minded whatever mentality we're talking about the social justice warriors find ways to ruin everything and that's only going to continue in 2018. Well, you know, Kwanzaa was started by a felon who was um, who tortured. Uh, it was actually convicted of torturing two women. Two women he uh, made naked and tortured them with a toaster. Hit one over the head with a toaster and uh, uh, an iron. Burn them with an iron and stuff. That's the founder of Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is one of the most ridiculous made up. 
uh, holidays. It, it's it's. I don't insane. know anybody who celebrates Kwanzaa. Well, it, the, good. Well, I'm just saying. I, good. But look, a, a guy by the name of um, Ron Karinga, who changed his name to some twisted uh, Swahili name, began this back in the 60s as kind of this counter, counterculture thing. And and uh, now to be all inclusive, the cultural Marxists have imposed it upon uh, Americans. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, well, they're not, uh, you know, shoving corners down there? our throat, so I'm not too concerned with it. Good Lord. But I did Sean read that history something. of Kwanzaa. Um, for, I don't know why it was posted on some some website I, I saw earlier before Christmas, but uh, I know that's neither here nor there. But, yes, there is a war on Christmas, and they will say that there's not a war on Christmas by, you know, playing clips of Obama saying Merry Christmas. But we know that there is a war. It's not a war on Christmas so much. It's a war on Christians. And it's a war there on Jesus there and the is. believers of Jesus. So any way that they can, you know, continue to jab that sect of people, they're going to do so. And Christmas is just another way that they can efficiently do that by not coming right out and saying it. They attack Christmas instead. But we all know it's a spiritual attack on Christians, not the holidays they celebrate. That's just a shortcut around it. Yeah, exactly. And again, uh, uh, a lot of things start to really get into. And I think one of the big things is the news now that the irregular pe- people are starting to come, that the Russian, the wheels of the Russian narrative for the Donald Trump collusion have kind of come off. I don't know. There's some Donald Trump Jr. emails. <laughs> I saw uh, someone making that argument on CNN the other day. We don't know what his meetings were about. This is not over yet. Okay. Well, it's not over yet. And, and of course, we've got Obama holdouts in the Trump administration who have been hiding the Hillary emails, you know. Uh, Sanders, remember when Sanders in the debate said, one thing I agree with Hillary about, I'm tired of hearing about her emails. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people, and sometimes I think people do tire about hearing about the emails, but we cannot tire. We have to be tenacious and, and press forward and expose the criminality of the deep state. And of course, this is a really at one of the levels, you know, like Dante's nine levels of hell. This is one of the levels of the corruption uh, of the deep state. You've got uh, the hubris of the deep state members, including but not limited to Hillary and Huma. Uh, the uh, what are they BFFs or whatever? I could say something else, but but you've got this this crazy relationship between Huma Abedin and Hillary Clinton. But what's been but what's been revealed recently, and I mean in the past couple of days now, and it's got new energy behind it. And don't forget, tomorrow is the drop dead date. Is the date uh, the House Judiciary Committee has given the FBI to turn over materials about the FISA warrants and such. But all of this. Uh, with respect to Huma and Hillary, that's part of the, in a sense, it's all kind of overlapping different levels. If you, if you kind of look down at a series of, of levels, like a 3D chess game, that's the only reference I'll use in terms of the, of the appearance. Um, the Hillary and Huma emails and the Sid Blumenthal emails and all of this is related to, of course, the, uh, uh, the Russian narrative that was derived and built Fusion GPS, an extension of Huma, or extension of Hillary. Uh, and of course, we had just, and I don't know how many people saw this. It just came out 
recently Judicial Watch had, uh, had uh, obtained the proof of Fusion GPS, their relationship, of course, with uh, um, the FBI with Bruce and Nellie Orr. I've talked about this in my show in the morning. And Nellie Orr working for Fusion GPS as an operative Russian, as a Russian operative or an operative for Russia. And of course how the FBI and Fusion GPS developed this, this, uh, uh, what is known as the PP dossier. And for, for, for people who don't know what that is, I got a couple of emails and I couldn't believe I, I got these emails saying, what is that? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Go ahead and, if you know what, I mean, okay, you know what it is. We're not going to get into the dossier, but just, the dossier is a 21 page yeah. opposition research paper put together by Christopher Steele, who was a former British intelligence. Written by, I believe it was now, I believe it was written by Nellie Orr, but go ahead. But this, it was just a, um, a bogus report. None of the, the media would even publish it because it's all unverified and, um, it's all, it's all garbage. BuzzFeed Except one thing it. in there, there was a, a Carter Page traveled to Russia sometime in his life. That was about the only thing that they could substantiate, and BuzzFeed did publish it uh, well, against advice of of most people. But, but now they're, they're trying to use the dossier as some kind of uh, proof that you know Trump did do something wrong. I see CNN. But wait a all second, the time wait a trying to use this. All I was asking the question of what does the PP dossier? What, what do dossier mean by that? It, it, it's a what is it? What is a PP it's, mean? It's a packet of information. With all these claims of, of things Donald Trump has allegedly did from having let me just give you one prostitutes sentence. urinate on him. No, 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 and, urinate on the bed that Obama slept in. I'm sorry, I, that's all it okay. was. That was a reference to the to the P. I've never read it. So. Okay, I have, and it's 35 pages. I've got it in the, but but the reference to the PPs to the people who have sent me emails and it didn't respond to them is it's very simply this that that reference is the most salacious claim where. Donald Trump hired two prostitutes to urinate on the bed in a Russian hotel that he believed or was told that Obama and Michelle, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama had slept in. Simple as that. Hence the PP dossier. But the other part of it, that was just one, one section of the rest of it. Go ahead now. Well, I don't know where we were going with that with the well, dossier. It was just a clarification of the, of, of what was in it. But yeah, the dossier is, is unverified claims that CNN wouldn't even publish back in January, but they are now trying to use as some sort of uh, evidence against Trump in the Trump-Russia collusion case, which collusion isn't even a crime in, what, in the areas they're talking about. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I just read this article on CNN, House Russia probe poised to break down along partisan lines. It says that the left and the right are on a collision course as the two sides appear increasingly likely, likely to issue competing reports with starkly different conclusions about the panel's Russia investigation. It says the right is eager to wrap up the investigation with Republicans saying the exhaustive review has dug through thousands of documents and interviews and uh, witness uh, and interviewed many witnesses and has found no evidence of collusion between the Trump and Russia Trump campaign in Russia in the 2016 elections, but Democrats say that there are several several areas that have not fully been investigated, including financial records from the Trump organization or people in Trump's orbit. A rep- uh, representative out of Connecticut, a Democrat, says that they do not fully understand the extent to which Russia tried to gather dirt for, on Hillary Clinton and give to Donald Trump Jr. Anyway, they go on to basically say, you know, that this could go on for a lot longer uh, than people would like, even though many people believe this is uh, 
the Democrats already have an objective, an end, and they're pursuing that investigation without end, as the scope of the investigation has gone wildly off course. And we have others saying that the idea that this will go on for months is nonsense, that this is going to... Um, be come to, a, to come to arrest. What you but said. The, the Russia issue is not even the Russia investigation is not even an issue. I don't believe anymore. Well, what you said about mission creep with the with the um, Mueller investigation. Yeah, it's expanded well beyond right. the parameters of what it was uh, S- able to do. A former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell was on Fox News. She said, "This is not mission creep. This is creeps on a mission." Yeah, and it's so funny that they're you know what are they? What's the left left hanging with right now? They're saying. <laughs> Their big thing is how the Trump Donald Trump Jr. tried to get dirt on the Clinton campaign from the Russians, like that was some big crime, which it's not. But what did Hillary Clinton do? Got dirt on Donald Trump from the Russians. How come that's not being investigated? If it's such a big crime, anyway. Mueller's got suspects, and he's just looking for a crime. To kind of <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all. That's how it is. But um, when we come back. We're going to be joined by Tracy Beans, and we're going to really try to break down this QAnon thing. So stay tuned for the fireworks. We'll be right back. First broadcast of 2018, and it's been a, a really good one so far. We have with us Tracy Beans, who's going to be joining us in just a few moments while Eric's uh, fixing to bring her on right now. I want to bring you a quick word from Green Evative. We had Alan Riggs on our daily show for about five minutes today, and he has a three-day sale, 20% off everything in the store. Go to greenovative.com. And uh, 20% off using the promo code HAGMAN. That's portable power anywhere, anytime. And you never know when you're going to need that, especially in the bitter cold with the power going out all over the place left and right. We have this at the studio, and you yeah. can't beat this. Yeah, I There's got one. no right, way you can beat it. Right here, the mission pack, right down by my legs here. It's got flashlights, the battery rechargers, and an adapter so you can charge other things like your phone and whatnot. Go to greenovative.com or give Alan Riggs a call. All the information is there on the website. And again, the promo code is Hagman, and that is a 20% off sale for the next three days. So he's make sure genius. you take advantage of that. He, he really, he's a genius. I asked him today if he could... uh if we could go to maybe this spring or summer, one of the trade shows that he's involved in, because they have all these companies that are there right. with all their, their gadgets and inventions, and uh, that would be a lot of fun. You know, I mentioned about our expansion or, or repurposing things for our studio, and, and people say, why do you need a new studio? It's not a, a new studio. studio. No, not a new studio. This is why, because you notice the... Um, we were kind of stretching it out, not really stretching it out, but uh, the reason Tracy didn't come on right away, this is why. It's going to change. Now, we've got with us a fabulous, in my view, a very fabulous citizen investigator. I've got a lot of respect for Tracy Beans. I really do. I watch her. I listen to her. I And she's got a great head on her shoulders. I mean, I really believe, I mean, if 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 I, if I was expanding my investigative agency, I would tap her for to to be an investigator. I really would. Just because of her intuition 
and her analysis is spot on. And she has recently, or not recently, but since, uh, what was it, uh, the end of October, been looking at the phenomenon, and that's my word, known as Q. And everyone's talking about QAnon. Who is it? What is it? So John and Joe and I and, and Eric said, bring Tracy Beans on. She did a, a great analysis with the um, editors of uh, four, or HN uh, just done on the other day. And I would urge everyone to watch that segment on Tracy Beans. And by the way, I would urge everyone to subscribe to her YouTube channel. Don't just say, uh, okay, I'll watch it. Subscribe and support this young lady. That's my that's that's my sales pitch. Tracy, welcome. That was so amazing. Thank you so much. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's all right. No, you know, I'm serious. I I I, I look. I, one thing that swept the country, it swept the world, actually, is this what's known as Q QAnon. And Joe and I were. T- you probably heard. I don't know if you heard it or not. Talking about it the first hour or so. Uh, Joe is really extremely, well, this is all BS. Uh, I'm saying it really doesn't matter because what it's done, the, 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 it's kind of like Donald Trump being in office. It's bigger than Donald Trump. The movement is bigger than the man. And I think I see the same thing with Q. But let's start from the beginning. Uh, and, uh, uh, Your Honor, uh, can Joe treat her as a hostile witness? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She, this is, you're, you're a friend here. Bring it on, bring it on. There you go. No, you're a friend here, and you could you could mop the floor up with him based on your facts. I guarantee it. But, 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 boy, he's going to hit me after the show. He beats me. He beats me. You know. Uh, now, without any further ado, Tracy, let's talk about Q and uh, who is it? What is it? When did it start? What are we talking about? Uh, you got the floor. It's been quite the ride so far. Um, it it we don't know who it is. Um, we don't know. We really don't know much about who it is or or what it is, um, but we do know that around Halloween, um, a poster started posting on 4chan with some really interesting stuff, and I do a lot of really factual analysis on things, so I don't t- typically share anonymous posts from any of those boards because there's no way to verify them, and I like to be very careful about that, so... It was so intriguing that I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta share this because it's too good. Um, the information that was being put out, there was some, some things in the beginning that weren't necessarily a hundred percent on point that we know of. Um, but as, as it went on over the course now of about what, since October 31st, November, December, about two months now of consistent information that's been coming out. It just he pre- he predicted some some happenings that have gone on that have been you can't you can't really question. At his this his point. first voice, uh, its first post was October twenty eighth. Yes, see, there's like some kind of there's some discrepancy there between people. Some people think it was the twenty eighth. Some people think it was the thirty first. Some people think those were two different groups, but there's no way to really tell. The, the only way to really confirm that Q was definitely posting as the Q we've come to know is because he started using a trip code which would identify him on the boards. So what that basically is, is a password that you you pick a word, any word off the top of your head, and you put it in before your username and it generates a unique identifier that only that word will generate. 
So that password then generates the identifier that you can use to verify that that person is the same person. Okay. I follow. So it's good to be a skeptic about it. Um, Even throughout all of my reporting that I've been doing on it, I've always been skeptical of it. I've always been skeptical of, you know, who it could be, what the motivation could be, what they're, you know, what, what, what they're looking to accomplish. But the more we started re, like all of the things that this person or people were, were pointing us towards were legitimate occurrences throughout history, legitimate, uh, explanations and crumbs as to who runs things and who has the power and who's doing what they're doing and why. And it started teaching. It's so intriguing that it started teaching a, a group of people about the things that, you know, lots of you and your listeners have been talking about for a really long time that had never been exposed to it before. So exactly. it's been, it's yep. been an absolute, I mean, if it's a psyop, if it's a LARP, if it's, you know, who, whatever, it doesn't really matter to be quite honest because there are hundreds of thousands of people that have never researched any of this before that have now dug in and are learning so much about the world around us just because Q showed up on the chance. So I, I, I want to make sure people understand that the terminology here, a LARP is a lot live action role playing. Is, is that what it is? Live action role playing? Yeah, it's like basically an ex, you know, a, a game where you're involved in it. So right. a lot, they call it a LARP. Like you may not realize that you're participating in a live action role play, but you are, or you may know you are like the people that go out on the, you know, uh, play medieval times or whatever they do with live action fighting. And it's like that. Okay. All yeah. right. But just to be clear on just, that. Let me ask you this. Uh, so you just said that if all of the, if this does turn out to be disinformation, that doesn't matter. No, I didn't say that. No, I mean, um, like, it doesn't matter because of the what people are looking at and the connections they're making and the things they're learning. In fact, why don't you rephrase that question? Because Yeah, no, I, I guess I just want clarification on what she just yeah, said. Yeah, absolutely. I, I said that it doesn't really matter if this person is not... They've never... They said they were a person with Q clearance, which is the highest level of security clearance that, that exists. Um, but let's pretend for a second that this thing that's going on is really just some bored person sitting on their couch at home. None of the things that have come out have been disinformation. That's the point. So everything that's come out, everything that they've led us to look for and led us to look into is all legitimate, real information. So it's it's been a really good thought experiment, number one, and it's also helped to teach people that have never had the gumption to look into this stuff before that this stuff is actually really happening. There's, there's, you know, hours and hours of reading. There's been amazing research work done by so many people. And I'll be honest, I believe that this person or people, because you don't know if it's a group, is who they say they are. I really do. Because of all of the, all of the clues, all of the things that happened after the fact that they said would happen, um, there have been a lot of proof. Proofs, we call them. So, okay, yeah. and I'd like to get into some of those because um, I, I don't know. I haven't. I have not been following this <clears throat> very closely. Usually, uh, what I've been seeing are what people, the, what claims people send to me, and uh, I have done. I have watched some videos over the, this uh, New Year's break uh, from Infowars and, and Rob Dew interviewing a few of the moderators on A Chan, 
to a few other things that I, I saw. Um, and so in, I have a little better idea than I did in last our, week. In our Patreon forum, by the way, we did I did download, and I've gone through that 200-plus page PDF uh, that compiled by some Anon who had all of the uh, trip-coded verified postings. You're familiar with what I'm talking about, right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is amazing. It, it's really amazing. Like, like I said again, take out of it, look at what we're accomplishing together. It is just absolutely stunning to me. It is, it's, it makes me happy. It really does. It fills my heart up because it, what we're capable of doing together is, is quite fantastic. Um, uh, and, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It, it, if Q vanished tomorrow, if it ended tomorrow, I think the consequence, what what the perhaps unintended consequence of getting so many people to look, research, to dig into topics like Pedigate, to like Soros, to like the elites and all that, we're better off for it. Regardless, I mean, because you're it's teaching people to think for themselves. But I'm going to back up and give you the floor again. Yeah, it it's been such a great experience and. There's, there's, there's no doubt that, like, let's, a lot of people say this is a big psyop. This is a big, you know, this is to get everybody off track or this is to label everyone a conspiracy theorist or everybody's got a, you know, a different kind of cynical perspective of what it could be. If it is a psyop and there's some, you know, group that thinks that they were accomplishing something that would benefit them by doing this. I would actually shake their hand and thank them because what they've done is basically awoken a sleeping giant, plain and simple. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, it's been, it's been hours and hours of work and hours of trying to figure out what he was talking about. For example, um, there was a set of posts where he, you know, he had signatures or they, I should keep saying he because it could be a group and, if you look at the way these posts are structured and what they say and how they're grouped and the cadence and the tone and sort of the rhythm of the posts, you can see when some people may be taking over for some other people and stuff like that. Um, so it may be a couple different people. But there was one set of posts where he refers to Snow White and he says that's a signature. Snow White, the seven dwarves, that's a signature that he uses to sign off, and then he says Q. Um, so we started digging in to figure out what that was. Well, we found the movie Snowden, where Snowden is referred to as Snow White in the movie. That's his nickname. Um, they also used Wizards and Warlocks, which is another name for the NSA. The guy in the Snowden movie says, hey, it's the Wizards and Warlocks. So the guy from the NSA who's talking to Snowden, who's then working for... Um, I believe he's a subcontractor for the CIA at that point. They're talking to one another. That's in the movie. And then somebody found an article from like 1995 about these seven supercomputers that were named after the seven dwarfs in CIA headquarters. So it's little things like that that have been just crazy. Um, more proof for you guys that, that things that are uncanny. He, he literally predicted the Saudi Arabian um, government being kind of swept clean. Um, there was a picture that was posted on Twitter. Donald Trump posted it during his trip overseas. And the, the title, the, the file name was Do It Q was in there. There's, there's, it's very difficult, almost impossible to be able to, because they're automatically generated based on how the photo is made. 
you have to change a certain pixel to get those letters to come out a certain way. So while it could have been sheer happenstance, the chances of that are slim to none at this point. Um, there are other things that were like fleeting and with anything, there's misinformation and disinformation. And he said, she said, but it's training people to think critically and to decipher this stuff for themselves and come to their own conclusions. Um, I can keep going with proof stuff if you want. Well, Joe's over here throwing wads of paper at me saying, oh, give me give me some tangible proof. Um, or, or what was it, Joe? Um, uh, the Because the, yeah, I, I, Tracy, Joe is frustrated. I am frustrated. Okay. I, I'm going to tell you that right out. And That's, that's fine. I, yeah. I don't understand what there is to be angry about. That's the Not, thing or frustrated about. Okay. Like, Go ahead. Well, I, I guess um, I understand what you're saying about, you know, making the, the connections from one event to the other. And maybe it's just my uh, preconceived notions of everything I've seen people talk about uh, uh, some of the claims he's made. But, okay, I guess let me give you a perspective from my point of view. Let me open my email here because I'll, I'll just give you some examples. And, Greg Jackson, I know you're listening. Please Uh-oh. don't take this the wrong way. But Uh-oh. I got an email from Greg the other day. There goes our Christmas And cookies. this is what it says. Guys, subscribe to this guy. QAnon on update. Podesta's arrested. Um, Alabama photo fraud more. So it goes over all these claims that uh, a person made a video saying this is what, you know, Q said this and this and this and this. From Hillary Clinton being on house arrest and those boots that are being worn to uh, continue to hear about Soros at Camp David and Podesta arrested and all these elites are bugging out and all these well, events that are trying to be connected together yeah. that that but none of it is is verifiable. It, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton's around the world on her book tour. I doubt she's on house arrest. The one weird thing about the boots is I'll give anybody this is the John McCain switching feet. But hey, I don't, hey, well, the the boot epidemic I have a problem with. I just. All, I mean, I understand well, what you're I saying about the movement I, I, and the mindset I, and the research. Yeah, I get your frustration on that because it frustrates the heck out of me, too. But I, I um, think this. It's like uh, I don't want to see so many people who are have been exposing the media and their lies and, all, and exposing all the corruption in the deep state to fall into a trap where they're no better than CNN claiming Trump-Russia collusion based on anonymous sources and, and connections that, uh, you know, you can try to connect them to, but it, it amounts to nothing. I don't want to see the people fall into that same trap and, you know, get into the same behaviors that we are calling out the mainstream media for. I agree. I think that your frustration is misdirected. Um, I think that your frustration should be more directed at the folks who are uh, doing stuff like that without understanding the responsibility that comes with it than what's being said by Q, because that's Stuff is not being said by Q. That's inferences that other people are making, whether to be sensational or to be, um, you know, clickbaity or to just blatantly spread disinformation because they're put there to do it. Um, those things are not the Q posts. Okay. That's, pe- that's people making inferences of their own based on what they're reading. So it's very important to distinguish those things. From from one another. Um, okay. You're, you, let me ask you this: Is this Q narrative giving the impression that there is, you know, this massive sting operation against the deep states and the deep state personnel and global elites, to where that we're going to see, you know, this huge dragnet of arrests and and you know, uh, 
corruption brought down, you know, that we're going to see these, um, this huge change in the near future, like this year of, you know, the George Soros, the people who run the criminal cabal, the elites of the world are going to, because the stuff about Guantanamo Bay, isn't that what's being inferred that people are, you know, they're preparing Guantanamo Bay, you know, for these mass arrests that are going to happen? I guess. Yeah, because, yeah, because you want to know why? Because people, people run with things because they're so desperate for justice that anything that hints or glimmers at it, they will take and sensationalize. There are bad actors doing this. There are innocent people that just get caught up in things doing it. Um, and, and there's some basis in fact for some weird stuff going on around Guantanamo, but no. Q has never said we're taking high-profile prisoners to Guantanamo. No, that's never happened. Um, Q has hinted towards the fact that there will be a cleanse, so to speak, and that the deep state is being dismantled. And not for nothing, even if Q never existed, if you look at what's happening in the world right now, could you argue that that could be the case? Uh, And that's why... I respect you, and I love your research. Bingo. That's Thank right. Thank you. You know, <laughs> and, and, and I'm very serious about this because um, when you look at what's happening, uh, is not maybe perhaps could this be a way of soft disclosure? Perhaps it it could be. It could be any number of things. Um, you know, our my. I don't want to say my job, but my perspective on this is I'm not here to force anyone to believe anything. Um, I think it's really important that we explore this because of the coincidences and, and things that aren't even possibly coincidence. Um, the helicopter crash, uh, the picture from Air Force One that we were able to map over Korea. Um, there have been things that you just can't dispute, like... When somebody posts a photo from Air Force One and then a video comes out from the President of the United States where a photo from a window is taken over the same landscape and first the picture comes out on the chance and then the POTUS tweets it out and puts the video together. There are certain things that, that you just... That blew my mind. That, yeah, that, and, of all the things that to me said, hey, there is something to this. There's a lot of those, and you know, you get one coincidence, and then another coincidence, and then another coincidence, and another one, and finally you just start saying to yourself, okay, hold on a second. Um, there's something to this. So, you know, it's very important, again, to distinguish between people reporting what they feel is what Q is trying to tell them. Because remember, he's throwing, he can't, let's pretend that he has Q clearance, right? He can't legally come out and say this is the secret that I want to tell you because he'd be in trouble or they'd be in trouble if that were the case. He'd be identified. Exactly. Exactly. So they have to leave questions. It's just questions. It's a bunch of different questions that he's asking you to look into. So person A could read one question that's sort of open-ended and then come to a conclusion that's way outside of what most people would find normal and non-conspiratorial, let's just say. Person B could look at it and say, wait a second, here's um, an event that happened in 1995 that corresponds to this because of blah, blah, blah. And person C could say, this is happening in Iran right now. This has to be what it is. So he always says future proves past, meaning that 
we don't know the answers until after they happen is basically it. And that in and of itself is a check. So, for example, the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if you guys remember this one. Yeah, and I found that very interesting, Joe. We talked about it the first hour. You said, yeah, "Well, it's, it's it's coincidence, absolutely coincidence." I don't well, know. Just because Tracy, Pope, go ahead. Just because the Pope mentioned it, well, but the and time he did put the, on, the Lord's prayer out there. I know, but it, 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 it wasn't changed, and the, the prayer could have put there for a number of reasons. But I understand, Tracy, what you're saying, as what you just explained, as you can't really come out and say, uh, you know, I know this is going to happen because he would be violating. Uh, you'd be violating your your security clearance. But regardless, absolutely. Let's talk about but, the, the posting with the Lord's prayer. I don't want to get her too far okay. off. Okay, let, let's go back because that was a concern you had. Tracy, tell us about that that, that posting in the Pope. Yeah, so he it was a it was like the beginning of November, I believe. Um, I don't remember the exact day, but there was a post about nothing that had to do with religion whatsoever, nothing that had to do with the Pope, and at the end the poster Q put the Lord's prayer in up until a certain point and and everybody was kind of like okay why would he put that there and then started discussing the end of the prayer which version it was etc and so forth because he used a specific version of the prayer and then it never got mentioned again we just kind of let it go because what are you going to do with that really there's really nothing you can do with it some people do things with it and then you get some of the stories that Joe may be upset about, but other people won't do that. And you can't really blame people, per se. You understand what I'm saying, right? Um, but weeks later, the Pope comes out and, and, and announces that he's going to be changing the end of the Lord's Prayer, just where everybody had the concerns about, you know, which which version it was. And a few a day or two after that, Q came out and basically said, why did... I reference the Lord's Prayer. So, like, there's these little crumbs that happen after the fact that just make you look back at what you've read and be like, wow, that's what it was. Another one that I found very interesting personally was in the very beginning, he said something to the effect of what former president used the military to save the republic. Um, and I... After the um, disclosure video came out from the Pentagon Insider, who's now with the company he's working with, I started thinking to myself, wow, Eisenhower pulled, was going, threatened to pull the troops from, um, you know, from where, I think it was, what was it, Ch Chicago or Illinois, wherever he was pulling them to go raid Area 51 to get the CIA to release disclosure information to him about what they were doing there. And this was weeks ago. Now, whether I'm right or not, I don't know, but it's pretty interesting. He did his military-industrial complex speech shortly thereafter. So if you think about that connection, that exists too. And it's all about throwing this stuff out there. But nobody would ever have learned about that unless I said, hold on a second, look at this. And then that makes people start going down the trail of trying to learn what the, you know, what the CIA is actually doing and what what could possibly be going on and what's hidden from the president and what access he has. Do you understand what I mean? Clowns in America. Yeah, I, absolutely. And and I think it's, um, yes, I understand what you mean. And very, that, that's very well stated, by the way, very well explained. Um, now, now, I actually like that, that, that I have a skeptic 
because it sparked good conversation and dialogue and discussion. Um, it would be an echo chamber if we all just agreed with one another all the time. So well, it, it gets bloody here at the studio, Tracy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's but, but in all seriousness, now again, I personally, and, and I'm not blowing smoke. I'm, I'm being very serious. Um, if, from an investigative point of view, I, I look at this and I say, well. Yeah, two or three different times, man, there were home runs. Lord's Prayer, I think, was one. I don't think you can really explain that, the timing, okay? Um, it could have been a little bit more specific, but even if it was, that that could have compromised potentially the identity. And, well, and then, it's the Vatican there inside. If they, That's big. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but And that picture really blew my mind because there's no way of, well, I suppose you could somehow... I don't know how, but you still have that to be picture, with um, that picture. Was an original photo. It did not exist on the internet right. anywhere else ever before. It, yep, so, yep, that's correct. So there are certain things that make me believe that that there's something really you know big to this. Uh, so, but let me ask you an, op- an open ended question because I, th- I think people are looking for this. Again, I'm not. This this is a, this is a testament to your. Um, investigative uh, abilities as well as your intuition. What do you think about this? Who do you think this is? Um, and do you think, um, I mean, what does Tracy Beans think about all of this and, and perhaps the identity, the the agenda, the whatever, you know, uh, you? I want to know what you think. So, okay, Um Something did give me pause about it. Um, I, I believe it's legitimate. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm belief after everything I've researched and I've seen. I do believe that Q is somebody very, very close to the president who has this knowledge, who is working with the administration to accomplish goals. Um, the thing that bothered me about it is they, they seem to, sorry about that, they seem to represent themselves as the NSA. And so I had a, a, a video that I did where I, I basically talked about this because we we have to still be careful. While somebody may be a hero right now, it's not like the, the NSA has had a very friendly past with the American people. And while they could be reforming and things could be changing, um, I feel like we still need to be vigilant about the people that are the people that are in these positions of power within our government who have kind of a stranglehold over information and our privacy and things like that. So one of the things that I've tried to stress is that it's great that these folks are doing this right now and they're helping to save the republic because I I truly do believe that that's the case. But I think we still need to be very careful. You know, don't give up uh, liberty for security. You have neither. You know what I'm saying? Um so I just I just kind of want to stress that part of it. Uh, that was one thing that kind of got me. Um, and that I'm makes ha- you measured and balanced, and I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm happy they're doing this. I mean, I feel like it's really important. The basic message is get this information out to as many people as you possibly can because when things start to happen, it's going to be socially um, socially difficult for people to to, to kind of get through. And I think that we're at that point in our history right now where it's time
for the wool to be pulled off of people and that, the, you know, the sheep to be pulled off and everybody to start to realize what's been going on in this world for so long and that good is going to finally start to prevail instead of this disgusting and pervasive evil that we've been forced to live with for so long. So he wants, they want us to, it's, it's probably a lot more delicate coming from someone like me or any of the other good folks that are doing work on this, and there are so many, than it is coming from Mike Rogers or, you know, somebody behind a microphone or someone in a uniform. I think that's what the goal is here. Okay. And just um, to play devil's advocate, what if that stuff doesn't start happening in society? What if we don't see any movement on what we're, hope we're all hopeful to see and, and what uh, some are expecting to see? Well, then the ball the ball should always be in our court regardless. We should never rely on other people to affect the change that we'd like to see. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I see the process that's going on right now, and I see progress. As slow as it is, you guys know this, to get these cases investigated the right way and all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, it's not something that happens overnight. And look at the bureaucratic red tape that these folks have to work through to get to the, where they need to be. If we don't start to see those things, I think as citizens of this country, we need to start to exercise our, our voices more, um, whether that means peaceful demonstration, whether it means calling our Congress people. We're, they work for us. We're their right. boss. We need to start standing up more. And there will come a time when we don't see results that we're going to need to do that. But right now, I feel like carefully observing and being very particular about what we see because it's not blatant. It doesn't just come out in the news. They're investigating Hillary. That IG investigation has been going on for a year and nobody said a peep about it. So we have to be carefully digesting crumbs from the mainstream media and strategizing internally as to what our next steps are. That's what I would say. Okay. Um, a few questions. What's going on? Well, uh, I guess let's start here. Sealed indictments, is that something that, that Q talks about? I don't believe he ever references sealed indictments. And okay. I'm not going to get all the love in the world for saying this by any stretch of imagination, but I've been pretty vocal about the sealed indictments myself. Um, there, there is no question that there is an unbelievable amount of, of stuff going on federally, well, across the, you know, federally across the country. Now they have the count up to like 10,000 or so. And maybe you guys can help me with this and actually give me an answer because I have not been able to really get a solid answer from anyone, but these are sealed things. They could be magistrate hearings. They could be search warrants. They could be um, any number of different things. Is there any way to see that these are actually literally indictments? Okay. No. Did that call for a yes or no answer? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But here, here's the thing about this. You're talking about multiple jurisdictions, federal jurisdictions. Now, um, we've seen an uptick in, in both indictments and sealed indictments under Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Okay. Period. Now, having said that, does that mean they're all related to for example, Pedogate, no, or 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 um, uh, what Mueller is doing? Of course not. No. 
uh, you look at Mueller's venue, it would be the northern, it would be the, um, Northern District of Virginia, uh, Maryland, and, and D.C., of course. For, now, uh, so you could extrapolate maybe, maybe five, maybe six that could be related to Mueller's work. For example, I'm just taking that one, that one venue, that one person. But when, you, when you're talking about, and I, because I've, we've, I've dealt with this for 30 years, there's no way to figure out or to reverse engineer sealed indictments. And this is one of the things where I think people might be disappointed to hear, well, there's 9,000 sealed indictments. The world's going to be great again. Stop. No, no, because there are multiple prosecutors, multiple investigations and indictments and are not the same thing as warrants and and other instruments of the courts. So you're looking at a variety of things that are that, that are on file at yeah. the various docket let the docket level that could be just totally unrelated to everything. So I would not read too much into that as a whole. Now, the fact that you've got more under Trump is encouraging because that of course he's enforcing the lawfulness. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I'd pull back from the well it's all about Pedigate, it's all about um national security issues on national security because that wouldn't be the case they're sealed for um, uh, indictments or just one case indictments are sealed for a various or for various purposes and it doesn't all have to be for national security it could be for um depending on where they're at with with respect to whatever investigation that indictment references does that make sense yeah, absolutely. That's okay. exactly the sort of response that I've been getting from certain, you know, um, people in the legal profession. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. And obviously, like you said, there's something happening. There's no doubt. But we have no way to prove what these things, these sealed things are. So I can't come out and say there's 9,000 sealed indictments because if I said that, it wouldn't be. I couldn't factually prove it, so I feel uncomfortable saying that. So that's why I haven't been on the indictment train particularly, you know, fever, uh, feverishly, I should say. So, yeah. All right. Um, another, uh, I guess I've been inundated with emails about Guantanamo Bay. What has been said or claimed by Q about Guantanamo Bay? Let's do something really quickly, guys. You're going to hear okay. my... Click away. Click away, because I have that book open right now. So cool. I'm just going to see if I can find. And then I'm going to toss another question on top of that one, um, because I thought I read this about perhaps maybe 30, upwards of 30 uh, members of Congress won't be coming back after the break, holiday yeah. break. Was yep. that a Q statement or was that a Q reference? What he does is basically say, um, I don't see anything directly referencing Guantanamo Bay in here, and I didn't think I'd ever read anything directly referencing Guantanamo Bay. Okay. Um, what he what he's saying is basically, look at the number of representatives that are not returning to office after their term is over, and it is it is unprecedented. I believe it's close to thirty now. Whether it be, and he's been saying that from way before we started getting all of these congressmen and senators saying, I'm not coming back, I'm retiring, I'm stepping down. So that's been an early sort of a, a, a thread. Um, same thing with the CEOs of all the major or, you know, major CEOs from companies that are stepping down. Schmidt, um, there was someone stepping down from Dentsply. There, there's a list of those as well. Um, 
So yeah, there's about 30 representatives, whether it be because of sexual um, assault complaints or whether it be because they just decided to retire, <laughs> which is unheard of. But maybe, you know, basically what Q is saying is that if if we were to prosecute everyone that is guilty, the entire government would, would fall apart because there are so many complicit. And you guys know you've reported something similar to that in regards to how many people are caught up with, with pedophilia. Absolutely. Um, so, and not naming any names, obviously, but... So basically, he's saying these people were offered deals. You walk away and you go quietly into the night or you're getting the hammer. And the list is there. Well, the, the list, the list is, is here, but um, we have to break this list down because you do have some retiring yeah. uh, at very old age. But then uh, some of them who are not coming back or seeking reelection, uh, you have uh, eight of them out of the 30 some who are running for Senate seats. You have nine of them who are running for governor, uh, who are not returning to the U.S. House after um, they left. And then a lot of these names are people who were either admit, appointed to the Trump administration or left for the sexual allegations. And then uh, just a few other ones on there what uh, who list are retiring. Are you, which, this which is list from the uh, list of U.S. Congress incumbents who are not running for re-election in 2018 from Ballo... I'll send you the link. It's uh, yeah because because um, I would I would uh, love to Ballotopedia. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Now now one thing that you cannot argue though, Joe and and Tracy and I think uh, Tracy pointed this out, the Eric Schmidt resignation, the timing with respect to the um, executive okay, order the timing, and, and but the, what does that mean for him? You think that he's going to somebody's going they're going to go after him? Or, or no gonna, no it's a, it's a it's a self preservation about he, civil forfeiture. But I don't think it is because he's going on to do other things and run other uh, non uh, nonprofits and organizations. So he's not retiring but, but, and, and going into the okay. night. But uh, yeah, you got to understand that. The, and Tracy, maybe you've got some insight in this. You've got to understand the um, uh, the executive order is not applicable to. Oh my goodness! When you, uh, I don't want to say nonprofit or five hundred one c threes, but there's a way to cir- kind of circumvent that legally, and uh, I think we saw Eric Schmidt do that. Perhaps, in my personal opinion, I'm not sure, but yeah, the the the, the biggest part of this is that there's no way for either of us or all of us to know why he stepped down. Right. There's no way to know it. All we can do is speculate. All, you know, um, Joe, you can speculate that he just stepped down to work on other projects and I can speculate that he stepped down because of the executive order and somebody outside can speculate something else. What it all points back to at the end of the day is that nobody tells us the damn truth about anything. <laughs> you can <laughs> count on that. Honest. Yeah, Amen. you can count on that for sure. Um, so, you know, I would love to hear your perspectives on why Google is a great organization. Me? Oh, it's yeah. horrible. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> oh. so the the CEO of Google, who is involved in all of this stuff with with during the Clinton campaign and all the things he did with her in the WikiLeaks, in the DNC emails, the system that he was setting up for her to run, the Google search algorithm difference uh, changes, everything that he was personally responsible for. You take a look at all of those things, what he's doing in terms of space exploration and all of the other things that they're doing, 
and what Q has said in regards to those things. And even if you just forget that Q said anything that he said, you're going to say that he just stepped down as the head of Google to work on other projects? I don't know. I mean, he's been the head of Google for for a while now, and but again, happened. I I look at this with with extreme suspicion. I just can't suspicion. make that connection. I, I I can't say there's an executive order that was issued, and he stepped down because he uh, could get caught up in an executive order that deals no, with human can. rights abuse. No, no, nobody so, can. And you know what, Tracy? But, a lot of things are circumstantial, but the best cases are built on circumstantial evidence. And time, I guess, time will tell because future, and, future proves past. And maybe my problem is <laughs> Tracy. Yes. Maybe my yes. problem is is not enough of actually reading what he puts out. I guess and more there of there it is. Getting you haven't done your homework. Other you mean you're uninformed? Tracy, other people's reactions and readings are not <laughs> done his homework. This has been a I've problem since he was a no, teenager. No. I've read this some is, of it. I've seen some of it. This is classic. This is good. Oh gosh. But okay. at the same time, what I have read, it's making loose connections to things. A lot of people could connect, and there are some gems in there, as you pointed out, that some people might not know. But at the same time, I just see people buying into this, you know, hundred percent. buying into well, see, I guess what I'm seeing. You go, girl. I'm seeing. I'm seeing so many people pushing, promoting this as though it has already happened, and it is truth, and it is gospel, and to say anything against it. Is uh, you know all of a sudden I'm a Donald Trump hater or something like that. You're you're more angry at the people than you are at what's happening. That's what you have to try to distinguish for yourself, honestly. If you take the time and and step into a an objective space, just just humor me. Step into an objective space. Read through everything that's been provided. Forget the people that are spreading fake news. And and don't blame people either because people some there are a lot of people that have been very um abruptly awoken over the past year who are so upset that A they've fallen for lies for so long and didn't realize what was happening to them, and B that it happened, and C that somebody can help them and make it right. And they're excited at the prospect of that happening. And and it takes just education to get people to understand how to look at these things. You know, you guys have been doing this so long. I've been doing this for a really long time, too. But a lot of people haven't been doing this for a really long time. So I sense your anger, and I understand it. Fake news and hyperbole, it frustrates me, too. Um, how we get around that is by education and, and patience. And even if someone's, you know, very adamant in what they're saying, patient instruction, patient, um, patient examples, patient knowledge, factually checked things, um, you know, getting angry about it and, and then just, and I don't mean this offensively at all, but just throwing everything out the window because of a bunch of people on the internet that believe something is really not the most prudent way to go about this because in a few months or three weeks or a month, let's pretend this stuff all starts happening. You might say, Oh my gosh, I should have just been paying attention this whole time to what Q was posting. Oh, I'd be happy. I'd be the first one to admit I was wrong. Absolutely. I think if you take yourself out of the, the social media bubble for just a short period and just take some time to go through the stuff that's been provided and come to a conclusion after that, 
then that's like me debating, you know, geoengineering or vaccinations or aliens or 9-11 or anything and, and, and have reading, have, have read a paragraph on it and then say, well, all these people say one thing, but, you know, they're so stuck in their ways and it's misinformation, but you haven't really taken the time to research what the real information is that's being given is. Right. Now, okay. Um, yeah, you're, you're precisely right. And by the way, I would urge everyone uh, to subscribe to and watch, but also subscribe to Tracy Beans, your YouTube channel. I think you've done some fantastic work. Um, I, I personally, I, I, I watch your YouTube videos. I, I watched the interview you had with, um, again, the, the two people from, uh, HN and, and on, on, um, the information, your analysis, I think is spot on. I love your intuition and I love your analysis. Thank you. And I'm not saying that just to, you know, to flatter you. I'm saying that because I believe that you are looking at this in the, in the way I look at this. Um, now, Um, I was okay, uh, Tracy. When's the last time Q Q? Oh, yeah, we were talking off air. Soros at Camp David, where that claim originated. Was from. that was that a Q thing? I, no. Thank okay. you. Thank you. <laughs> See, <laughs> all these things the thing. are attributed to him. Yeah, well, it, that's I mean, I mean, and that's a pro. It's a problem, but it's an organic thing that happens, and people just need to make decisions for themselves. People just need to make decisions for themselves. There is no information police. Knowledge is available out there. You know, I, I, I despise people that put out disinformation, but honestly, a lot of them do it without even realizing they're doing it. So it's really education. Again, how do you spot a fake story? Why do you think that this may not be true? What about it raises a red flag for you? What do you feel in your gut when you read this? What, it's, it's it's a process. It's going to be a slow process, but people will get it. People care too much. I care so much about this. I'm so passionate about this. It is my life's work, to be honest. And, you know, it's just a patience thing. It's a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Evaluate everything you see in front of you and come to informed conclusions. Check everything. Double check everything and then check it again. Do your own research. Read the links that people provide. You know, I've yes. done a few videos on how to spot this fake stuff. Um, but no, that wasn't in the Q post. And you would know that if you read them. Thank you. Thank you. And for those people saying, well, you asked the question, Doug. No, I mean, it was, it was for Joe. And, and having known the answer to that, yeah, I did, by the way, um, misattribution to Q improperly. But uh, let me ask an open-ended question. Uh, Tracy, what do you think to date has been or is the most pressing piece of knowledge that Q has uh, passed along um, in the question form? If I may, if I may, I just I just want to say one more thing. Sure. Um, in the beginning, Joe was, was, you know, very frustrated about how he doesn't want to turn into the fake news. He doesn't want to turn into the mainstream media. And he doesn't, you know, that that's something that's really important that we're not putting out the disinformation like they do. But your arguing against the people that are spreading the disinformation is sort of the same thing. Information, people speaking, people sharing, it all has to be free. You can't start policing what people are sharing or 
casting dispersions against people that are sharing different things, it makes us no better than, you know, the BuzzFeed writer that says that everybody that thinks that Pizzagate is real is crazy and needs to be shut down. It's the beauty of a free and open information share. It's got downfalls and it has benefits. And you have to take the good with the bad and just like I said, work to educate. I'm sorry to go off track with that. I just, I just wanted to make sure that I got that out there. No, I, um, I, I think that's, I think that's an important distinction. I really do. And I think, I think you're absolutely right on that. Because, um, and I like the comparison to BuzzFeed, by the way, because I, I think that that, oh, nice, gosh. nicely done. They're horrible. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm, did you say I'm horrible? No, no. I, no, I said they're horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, okay. No, I, and, no, and I see where, you, see where you're at with this. And I think if people really understand, if people, if, folks, if you, if you have trouble following this, listen to it again, because Tracy is dropping a lot of great, uh, informational nuggets of knowledge here and differentiating between those, um, who are talking about the actual postings as opposed to the postings themselves. But now, Back to my question. What do you think has been the most important? No, that's fine. What do you think is the most important posting that Q has made or has been made by Q um, to date? The most important is hard. Okay. Or or anything you'd like to, you know, build on at this point. Or if you want to go in a completely different direction, you've got the floor. I think that um, the posts that he's made in regards to how the Democrats specifically hold down the black population and use them as sort of tools um, has been really, was really an eye-opening one for a lot of different reasons. Um, Another one that I found really interesting was um, talking about foundations the McCain Institute, the Clinton Foundation, all of these politicians that have these foundations and their net worth in the several millions of dollars, but they've been a career politician, Chuck Schumer being one that sticks out at me right off the bat. Um, the other ones that came out that were really amazing, right when the whole Saudi Arabia thing was going down and the prince was brought, Prince Al-Walid was brought into the forefront we started doing a lot of digging with Q's direction and found that he was the one who put Obama through college. He was the one who, um, who he, he owns part of Citibank and he basically chose Obama's cabinet. He was the one who owns top floor floors of Mandalay Bay. He owns a stake in Twitter. You know, so all of these things that we never would have known and now he's hanging up that, oh, that was another one, hanging upside down by his feet. Um, you know, there was so many things in regards to this. Um, That's right. Who knows where all the bodies are buried? And I did a whole piece on a lot of different people that I think that may be. Um, it's just been an, one after another, and it's all intertwined with current events that are happening right now and, and, and are foreshadowed sometimes weeks in advance by this group if you know how to read them correctly and not go off the sort of... Con- you know, exactly. Deep end ish. I don't want to be. I don't want to be inflammatory towards folks that are doing work because I. That's not my job. My job is not to police the information that other folks want to put out. Oh, we have enough my, of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to sit here and critique anybody that's doing hard work into this stuff on what conclusions they come to. That's not my place. Um, and I don't want to be looked at for that either. So. No, you're that, right. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, has Q the last I, I well from your converse well actually uh, from the from the latest I saw uh, the trip codes which are used as a uh, method of uh, validating the identity of Q on HN has been compromised. Has that yeah. been resolved? Yes, very interesting fashion as well. Um, quickly, you type in the password, it generates a set of characters. That's a non-secure trip. In a secure trip, you type in the password and it generates the characters and then throws another hash on the end of it to differentiate it further. Somebody somehow managed to crack Q's trip code. Um, it's, it's very secure. Uh, it's, it's a, a very serious piece of hardware that's necessary to be able to do what these people did. NSA however, level. they. NSA level, I believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what happened is, and this is like unprecedented, the, one of the administrators of the entire 8chan board implemented a new super secure, as he calls it, trip functionality that is even more secure than the last one was. And I believe it's using SHA-256, but I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. But it's basically it's basically steps above what was there before and, and pretty secure. The problem's going to be it'll get done. The problem's going to be is that Q's going to have to reestablish themselves mm-hmm. and then reprove, you know, and then reestablish a new trip code. And we're working through how we'll do that, but Q hasn't made another appearance since the since the 25th. So this happened two days ago, and he hasn't made an appearance since the 25th, so we haven't had the opportunity to work through that at all yet. Interesting. What is, Tracy Beans, what is your instinct telling you? If you had to, and I'm not asking for you to bet the ranch or anything like that, uh, or go anywhere you don't want to go, but what's your instinct telling you? Uh, is your instinct telling you that... Uh, on balance that, yeah, this is probably someone on the inside that's um, trying to get the juices flowing and doing exactly what the what we've seen happen, happen, or um, is the jury still out in your opinion on this? No, if the jury was still out on my opinion, I would never have thrown myself into this at the level that I have. Okay. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain. I'm, I'm close to certain. I'm, I would say I'm 99.9% certain that this is a legitimate thing that's happening and, and, and it's an unprecedented thing and it's amazing and it requires all of us to be a part of it. Um, yep. so yeah. And you know, there's a bunch of rumors flying around that we're just going to have to deal with and people just have to come to decisions on their own, just like me. I did, and just like you did, and there are going to be people who think that it's all BS, and there are going to be people that think it's true, and it is what it is. You just work with the people that want to work with you, right. and you move forward. And I think if if, if nothing else was uh, proven tonight, um, I, I think that you've got to you've got to differentiate between hearsay and the actual postings as they appear and attributed to the actual source. So, um, and, and that's something that that people need to do. They, they, they do need to do their own homework and their own research. Qu- quickly, I have a way for people to do that and do it very easily. We started a Reddit for, for folks to come to that didn't want to be on the chans because it's not the most friendly of places. Um, so you can go to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash cbts underscore storm, uh, stream, I'm sorry, stream, c 
CBTS underscore stream. And the resources abound there. So there's plenty for you. You can look at the book. You can look at the map. You can read everything for yourselves right there. You don't even have to participate in the discussion if you don't want to. You can just go there. And uh, Dr. Corsi has a pinned post, I believe, as well. So, Tracy, you still like us? I love you guys. You're great. <laughs> okay. This is awesome. Crazy. Thank you so much. I, I, I want to thank you for your work, your your tenacity, and your great research. And I mean that. You are thank a you. tremendous citizen uh, journalist. And I would urge everyone to, to uh, subscribe to Tracy Bean's YouTube. Support her work. She does phenomenal work. And, Tracy, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. That will do it for us tonight. Uh, fantastic show. First two hours of news, and then this last hour with Tracy Bean's very informative. We will be back again tomorrow with the two shows, the Doug Hagman Radio Show, 9 o'clock, the Hagman Daily Show, 2 o'clock, and then we'll be back here at 7. It was a great first show of 2018, and we're going to keep Marvelous. that going. Right on. So we'll see you back here tomorrow. 